Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. This is JC Metro. And this is Chris Metro. We are the Metro Brothers straight out of Coney Island, New York. And we are the best tag team that the future has to offer today. And when we're not kicking ass in the ring, we're listening to the best wrestling podcast out there today, the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. So don't be a skinny arm, fat gut diet mark, and listen every Monday night after Raw. December 3rd, 2018, welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I am Don Tony, and he is... Kev Castle. What's up, DT? No, nothing much. Um, You know, for those that follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D, I think uh, they're going to be interested in some topics that we're going to discuss today. Um, Before anything, I got to give a major shout out to one of our longest and loyal listeners, John McNair. Uh, He and Yvonne are now officially Mr. and Mrs. McNair. We've talked about them in the past, but they recently tied the knot. Nice. Just want to send them congratulations. And uh, shout out to CM Black Pixels. He is a huge CM Punk fan. He was sitting ringside tonight, and it was so funny because he had a Don Tony sign, and he was tweeting me live. So he actually showed me a picture of uh, the big yellow sign he had on the hard camera, and I said, you know, just just to piss off the haters, take yeah. the sign and just lift it up and down three times. <laughs> and he no. did it. But then um, the problem was on the back of the sign, he wrote, "Who who booked this shit? Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, you know, be a little careful with that side of the sign because they will take it away. And uh, I don't want to say they'll throw him out of the building for writing something like that, but you got to be careful with shit like that. Yeah, I saw the sign actually. He tagged me in the uh, thing, so I saw it. It was, it was cute. It was yeah. Funny. So shout out to our newest and returning patrons, Shezzy Ali, Xavier, Nico Time, Justin Rebstock, Mark 43, Adonis Lee, Tom Schwartz, and Raymond Pagella. All right. Congratulations to Alistair Black and Zelina Vega. It appears that they have uh, tied the knot. Yeah, yeah, they got married. Uh, there was some picture of them, like a personal picture on Thanksgiving and them working out together. And then people were wondering why they together on Thanksgiving, you know, what working out on Thanksgiving. But it turns out they've been a couple for a while in secrecy and they're married now. Yeah, and there's another <laughs> rumored couple that are dating right now. I'll tell you, man, you, you look at the WWE with relationships. Yeah. You know, um, well, first, let's reveal the couple. It, appear, it appears that Ricochet is dating Casey Cananzaro. Yeah, it's I wow, and he used to, as everyone knows, you know, it's public knowledge. He was uh, for the longest time associated with uh, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I tell you, you know, you look at the world of pro wrestling, and yes, it has changed from the days of partying in the hotel rooms and getting blasted and shit like that. But the road is still the road, and you still get very, very lonely. And I'm sorry, to me, I. 
I treat this like the entertainment world. Mm. Marriages that uh, are in the entertainment world have a shorter shelf life than others. If you look at people over the years, I mean, it's just the odds against a lot of these couples remaining together, especially if they end up on separate brands. You know, I don't know, man. I just, I would never ever date or get married to someone in pro wrestling. No, I agree, but DT, boy, we've come a long way since the secrecy relationships of people like BB and Bob Holly, and BB <laughs> lost BB lost a job over it, if you remember, right, yeah. DT? Yep. And uh, now it's uh, they used to discourage that back in the day. Look, Jerry Lawler lost his job over taking the back of Cat. You guys remember back back in the day, Jerry Lawler walked out because he took his girl's back, you know, which you should, but, you know, now it's it's rampant. Everyone's got relationships going. The company is far more accepted now. And uh, I mean, look, how, what, what kind of hypocrisy could there be, DT, with uh, how it all started when you think about it with uh, Stephanie and Triple H? Yeah, you know, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, best of luck to Courtney Summers. She's been venturing, uh, doing podcasts, you know, baby steps. Yeah. And she actually co-hosted uh, her first ever episode for, and I know a lot of people listening do communicate uh, with Courtney uh, mm-hmm. on Patreon in the chat. So if you want to check out her co-hosting, go on SoundCloud and there is a, a show called Pop Culture History Podcast, episode 137. And she is very, very cool people. And I uh, definitely wanted to plug this. And I seriously want everyone to go check it out. Uh, it's free. There's no reason why you shouldn't support uh, La Familia, La Nostra Familia, our great family. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. As soon as I get a chance this week, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um, it, look, I, I was very silent before today. I was very silent up until two or three hours ago. Mm-hmm. Xavier Woods uh, apparently ruffled a lot of feathers uh, over the weekend uh, right. to the point that it just blows me away the number of podcasts. I don't, you know, look, I have no problem with other shows talking about t- the same topics we do. Um, but I was shocked at the number of people who used Xavier Woods' comments as the lead for their entire show. Like, if you looked at the banner of the advertiser, the first thing, boom, like next to their podcast name, Xavier Woods calls WWE fans entitled infants. Yeah. So, so a lot of people wanted to know your thoughts about it. Do you agree with him? Do you disagree? Um, a majority of the internet is against what Xavier Woods had to say. And I, before we have the discussion on it, I want to read the exact quote. Uh, he was talking about fans um, having TakeOver, you know, NXT TakeOver, Raw and SmackDown all within a few days. And they'll praise TakeOver and then they'll shit on this. And, and Xavier Woods' comment was, and I quote, You just got an awesome wrestling show on Saturday night. You just had an awesome wrestling show on Sunday. Then you're going to watch Raw on Monday and SmackDown on Tuesday, then NXT. What are you complaining about? And then, like, you can watch New Japan, AAA. 
You could watch so much wrestling from all corners of the world, and it's all awesome and all good. All different guys and girls portraying their form of art that they love, that they want to give to you. So anytime anyone complains about wrestling, it's so annoying to me because people come off as these entitled infants. Because in reality, wrestling hurts so bad, and then we're hurting ourselves to entertain the masses, and sometimes the masses want to tell us how much it sucks. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I heard about this. I, you know, I read it. I heard about it. I heard some podcasters talk about it. So I was uh, going through a couple different podcasts this week. Um, and after a while, DT, I'll be honest with you, and we're not a, a show like, you know, we do point counterpoint, me and you have different opinions, and we go back and forth, we agree on some things, don't agree on others. But, uh, you know, we're not a, a just a, a show that just screams and yells and, and hates the product, and, we're, you know, we'll try and find some little light here and there, because you kind of have to, it's like watching a, a losing season baseball team, and they but they got some good pitching, they got some good people on the field, they, they have some prospects, you have to take the same thing for wrestling, it is entertainment, I mean, I got, I got it, and I really don't even want to get into last week about how we all, everyone in the country declared it, not you, DT, but most, I don't believe you did, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, unless I'm not remember, uh, remembering things correctly, everyone declaring it the worst worst raw of all time i don't know about that it was one of the worst but uh it got it took a life of its own even taz other people bigger people than us picked it up and like wrestlers steve austin taz talked about it i think xavier woods is just protecting you know he's, he's not doing like the blue wall of silence thing where wrestlers kind of protect you i think he believes that in his heart of hearts that all wrestling is good it's entertaining you can take the good with the bad they do their best they try their best Sometimes it's they're not going to slam the writers. I, I, I'm very shocked that certain, whether it's podcasters or fans, expect, what do you expect Xavier Woods to say? He does work for the, oh, yeah, he's towing the company line, I heard some people say. Uh, yeah, wouldn't you? You're going to slam your boss making, you know, half a mil a year or whatever. You're going to throw people under the bus. You know, the independent, as much as you guys want to think the independent scene is all sunshines and rainbows with a lot of money to be had out there. It's not for a lot of guys. The majority don't make it when they leave the WWE. Uh, it's not all grand times when you leave here so i also laugh about people saying get out of here go here go sign with this company go do this go do that wwe is still the place to be it's got its ups and downs uh it's it's still the top promotion it's always going to be it's never going to be overtaken but what i want to say is this i i you do have fans have a right to complain i complained last week i bitched about it and you actually calmed me down if you remember last week dt you i was venting on how much it sucked and you were kind of like eh, you know i mean it, it wasn't good but it wasn't the worst um I think that him calling fans entitled babies is just them getting annoyed with seeing all these things online in YouTube clips titled Worst Raw Ever. DT, you got to admit, you had to have seen all the, the clips. Maybe well, you want to call it clickbait or what do you want to say I about think, that? I think worst he, Raw Ever. I, I think he's addressing the people who actually wrote Worst Raw Ever, not fans that are uh, feeling that way because they see other people doing it. Um, yeah, but are, are the fans commenting though, DT, after the, the podcasters are getting their, their clicks and their hits and then the comment section on YouTube, isn't everybody kind of chiming in with the hate parade? Isn't that the fans? Right. But what I'm saying is, is that are, are fans entitled right. infants the way that they talk about <sighs> the, you know, they complain, I guess, you know, I mean, look, when Bully Ray fucked with us all right, right. and really went to town. You know, anybody, the, the clips is still on YouTube. It's legendary now. Everything is squashed. But it's five, my, five years old at this point. Yeah, right? my first reaction when it happened, 
and if anybody listens, is pretty much what you just said. That my reaction, and I even said it to him directly, was, look, we. what do you think? We expect you to turn around and dish your employer and say that things no. are shit? When Tito Ortiz came out and there was no goddamn reaction whatsoever, I mean, it, it was the drizzling shits. You know, and I don't expect him to go against his own company. So, sure, he's going to, you know, say what he's going to say. But the thing is, is that our our fans, as Xavier Woods call it, entitled infants, or do they have a right to really complain and bitch, whether you do a podcast or not? Do they have a right, or are they really just acting like entitled infants? No, I think that everyone's got a right to their opinion well look at our show this is what we do we're giving our opinions here uh you know when people in the chat room right now giving their opinions agree and disagree and saying this saying that i mean that's the way it goes that's the way it goes up and down the line uh the entitled infants thing i think is the people who overdo it and go over the top and want you know almost want Vince McMahon to die and wwe to close down or sell wwe to somebody you know the the right, but the that's your interpretation stuff. do you agree with what xavier wood said no, but th- I don't know what did he elaborate more on what he meant by that statement. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, right. what is it? What is he saying? Is he saying the people who who go over the top with it? That's what I'm assuming he's saying. DT, not all fans. Right. I don't think. He well, means all fans. I, I'm glad you said that because okay. this is this is my interpretation of it. I wish this would have been audio because mm-hmm. I I wonder if he used the word some. And it was left out on the transcript or it, the way he would have said it, I think it would have been interpreted a little bit different. All right. right. I actually and look, I'm blocked from the guy. So, you know, I'm not You're blocked from Xavier. Woods. Oh, I'm, I've been blocked from Xavier Woods for the <laughs> longest. Yeah. Oh I, the God. only person that I'm not blocked of the new day is Kofi. Oh, OK. But it, but but I will say this. I actually agree in a lot of ways with Xavier Woods, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I fucking hate the Kardashians. I fucking hate Jersey Shore. I swear to God, you know, if I saw somebody in the street bleeding, I would take off my shirt and, you know, try to cover their wound and put pressure on it and try to call for help and do whatever I can. You know, if I see, you know, an animal... You know, in in disarray, you know, no. I'll do whatever I can. If I see a Jersey Shore member in the street just got run over from a car, I would fucking videotape it and keep it in, in my fucking video library as a pleasant memory. All right? I just fucking hate them. All right? I can't stand CNN. I fucking hate Jim Acosta. I, I There's a lot of shit that I don't like. I'm not a fan of country music, okay? Mm-hmm. My point is, is that if I am not a fan of that stuff, I don't come up here and bash it every week. I just don't watch it. And wrestling, you have AAA, you have New Japan, you have WWE, you have NXT, you got Impact Wrestling, you got Ring of Honor, you got Indies, you got this, you got that. If it's that fucking bad, why do you keep watching it? Why do you keep ripping it? Why do you keep fucking opening your mouth? I wrote, I, I wrote earlier today. I said, look, for the entitled infants out there, you know, don't drink your baba yet because I don't want you to get all tired and you go take nappy nappy. All right, put the baba aside. Don't don't drink the baba yet because I read over and over again. 
oh, we were told that ro this role would be different. And it's the same old shit. And I fucking took a step back and I said to myself, wait a minute. And these are intelligent people. And I know you follow some of the same people I do. And yeah. I'm and I actually wrote, I'm like, who actually told you that Raw was gonna be different this week? Who actually fucking told you? All right. And not one goddamn person stepped up. Why? Because I know where they got that from. Baron Corbin promises something different on raw tonight you actually took a preview from a fucking entertainment show and you based that on reality the fuck is wrong with all of you people out there so xavier woods was talking about a small core fan group that is just way over the top that if you don't like it don't tune in all right but on the flip side of it though there's a reason why wwe's ratings are in the shitter all right Football, news, TV debuts, Roseanne, Murphy Brown re reunited, and that. They do five, six, seven million people, 10 million people, 12 million people. There's no reason why WWE should be doing 2 million, barely breaking 2 million. Hulk Hogan debuting on TNA, which was not that long ago, bro did 2.5 million. I even think it did a higher rating of what Raw is doing right now. Sure, you got Hulu, you got, you got other ways of watching the product, but I look at it like this, okay? If I go to a restaurant, and I'm not happy with the food. I have a right to criticize it. If I go see a movie, which is a form of entertainment, all right, and Siskel and Ebert, when they were alive, and they fucking said a movie sucked, when Rotten Tomatoes says that a movie sucks, are they um, uh, an entitled infant? No, they have a right to complain. So the turnaround, and, to, and, and Xavier Wood says, and, and I'll reread, the, the comment that he said, he said, well, I don't have it in front of me, but he said that he, he it hurts, that he it physically hurts, that he does what he does to entertain us. Well, if you don't like that people are complaining that the product is not as good as what it used to be, then fucking go find a different line of work. That's like someone who is working in a restaurant. I spend 16 hours in the kitchen cooking my ass off, sweating my balls off, not seeing my kids, not seeing my wife. I fucking come home, I have a bowl of soup, and I go right to bed. I'm so fucking tired, and you fucking criticize my restaurant? Who the fuck you, you fucking entitled infant? Who the fuck... Maybe your restaurant does suck, or maybe the fucking soup isn't that good, or maybe some of the things. So, yes, I understand him defending the company, and yes, there are people that are over the top, all right? But at the same time, though, people have a right to complain. So to use a general paintbrush that anybody that complains is an entitled infant is just moronic. I thought it was a very stupid statement and the the I, maybe because it's the Philippines, I don't know the you know the brain structure over with their writing over there. I don't know if you fucking get arrested if you go counterpoint with a guest, but you know there was no counterpoint to what Xavier Wood said. Like the interviewer was just like well, it's really great to have you here. I mean, it's like, fucking have the balls to say, you know, you mean people don't have a right to complain? That's what I fucking hate about these interviews. You know, you don't, there's no counterpoint whatsoever. But now I go to tonight's Raw. We'll segue into Baron Corbin. Okay. All right. And for the entitled infants that are tuning in, please mm. keep the baba aside for a minute. I promise yeah. you could you could have your sippy cup in a minute. All right. I, I said this last week. I don't know how much clearer I can say it. 
I actually, seriously, if I had another hour or two tonight, I would have translated it into 15 different languages and I would have read it in 15 different languages. I kid you not, I actually was going to do that. All right. For everybody that is getting angry last week and this week about the amount of airtime Baron Corbin is receiving. All right. And for anybody out there, any entitled infant that thought that WWE is going to change tonight. Two weeks before a fucking pay-per-view, I might add. The reason why you're getting Baron Corbin the way you are right now is because, and I said this last week, but maybe I used difficult words that you didn't understand, all right, is because when Braun Strowman returns in two weeks and fucks with Baron Corbin and interferes with him being GM, the more you are upset with Baron Corbin as GM right now, the more important it's going to feel when Braun Strowman puts that wrench in the engine. This kind of feels like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. We got so fucking frustrated with Brock Lesnar that Roman Reigns, when WrestleMania, WrestleMania time came around, hey, you know what? Finally, it's off of fucking Brock Lesnar. Just put it on someone else by, by this point. We're just fucking right. fed up with this shit. And who's champion right now? Have you heard any mention of Brock Lesnar the last two or three weeks? For the entitled infants out there, not one person wrote the last two or three weeks, what the fuck's going on with the storyline with Brock Lesnar? Well, how come he's dead? Nothing. Nothing. Not Baron Corbin, what you're getting is, so when Braun Strowman comes to the rescue, it's magnified 10 times over. And Dolph Ziggler, I guess turning babyface tonight, yeah. is the same reason why another one or two women wrestlers out there need to turn babyface is because you look at the ratio of heels to babyfaces on Raw and it is way out of balance. When Ronda Rousey, and I invite anybody to take a step back and think about it. When Ronda Rousey tonight said, oh, I need a new partner. I'm going to go find a new partner. You actually take a step back and think about the Raw roster. Ask yourself, who other than Ember Moon could have been her partner tonight? That's a baby face on Raw to close out Raw. There's nobody. Did you, no, did you, not really. You might be able to find a baby face here and there, but there's nobody. The, 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 the scale, it's way off balance right now. But that's why they're doing what they're doing with Corbin. You just, they, WWE knows. You ain't deleting your membership. You ain't no longer going to watch WWE right. simply because you got fed too much Baron Corbin for two weeks. You know, sometimes when you eat certain things, you get a little tummy ache from it. That doesn't mean you're not going to eat that, you avoid that stuff in the future. All right. So WWE is confident that the pain that you're going through the, 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 the last week, this week, and next week is going to pay off because once Braun Strowman comes back and Baron Corbin can't do what he is doing anymore, he's going to look like the savior. That's true. I mean, that's the whole thing. There, there will be a payoff, and you might not like the payoff, but if that's the case, then you're not going to like anything. And maybe you're right, DT. You shouldn't be watching if that's the case. Uh, you know, no one's for. And it's again, you know, not singling anybody out, but some podcasters will say, "Well, it's my job to watch it." 
my job to watch wrestling. I got to watch. I got to cover it. The way, like, Mike Francis has to watch the Cleveland Indians game against this one or that one. He's got to talk about it. I totally agree. But Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, we, we agree and stuff, but I, I'm just, again, you know, uh, not everything is going to be perfect, and we all harken back to these glory days. And you and I both know, DT, we've been doing this a long time, and a hotline too. Yes, even during the prestigious Attitude Era and uh, Ruthless Aggression, there were some clunkers, weren't there, DT? Am I incorrect about that? Dude, when I was doing my hotline, yeah. we had the phrase, the Triple H show. Triple yeah. H would open Raw. He would, they would show highlights of what he just did on Raw. Then we'd close out hour one with more Triple H. We would get more highlights later on, and it would end with Triple H. And then if you were live in the crowd, you probably got an overrun with Triple H. Yep. Um, it's just, you know, the thing is, is that it, anybody that's doing a podcast, um, unless you have like a written contract, Nobody's forcing you to do a podcast, all right? If the topic you're covering, you don't like at all, that's, again, that's like me doing a podcast right now about the Kardashians, Jersey Shaw, country music, CNN, the Hindu channel. Well, I don't watch that because I don't, I don't follow the culture and I don't understand the language, all right? A anything that I don't follow or like, I'm not going to do a podcast on it because it's not something that I can relate to, all right? I'm not going to do a, a podcast about different cultures and religions and sexual orientation and languages because it's, I don't follow that. I, I follow what I know, all right? So all these podcasts out there that are doing that, you know, again, I, I say this and I repeat it a thousand times over. There are some people out there that need raw to be shit, they need shit because that's the only way their podcast gets extra hits. And mm -hmm. the proof of it happened last week. Raw sucked last week. All right? yeah. I took the attitude like, look, Raw hasn't been, you know, Raw has its moments here and there. But Raw, you know, overall has been not mm -hmm. as good as what it's been in yesteryear. So what? All right, all right, it sucks, all right? So let's tune in next week. I'm a loyal fan to for wrestling. I'm going to stick it through and hope that things get better, and it will have its moments. But the thing is, is that there are people out there that when Raw went down yesterday, I mean last week, you know, oh, let me run to be on the Internet, and let me do a podcast today instead of doing it Wednesday or doing it Tuesday or doing it Friday. And, and you know, I always have to be ex uh, explicit to eliminate, you know, the, the instigators out there. I'm not talking about Super Solo Monster and others because they do episodes all different days during the week. Right. But there were podcasts out there, and there's a lot of them, that were like, look at me, look at me, Raw sucked, worst of all time, look at me, look at me, just did a podcast, look at me, look at me, because they couldn't wait until the usual day that they do it because it was so bad. Oh, let me use this to get extra hits. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, not to name names, there was a ton of them and not just guys on YouTube either. Some real notable guys who've been around a long time were like, listen to this epic rant on Raw. <laughs> now, what I was saying to myself as I went and I sampled a lot of these shows was, let's see if anybody's going to have a different twist on it. Some people screamed and yelled more than others. Some people had this almost uh, methodical way of like 
being so disappointed in Raw, you would have thought their family let them down. I mean, it was a little bizarre, DT, I'll be honest with you, because we, we didn't really vent. I vented on it. You calmed me down a little bit, and we kind of moved on. We didn't spend yeah, that, much I, time, that much time on it. You kept saying, eh, yeah, I mean, that's so exactly I, that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It wasn't anything, but the other shows, it was just like, you're a one hour plus of me <laughs> trashing Raw from oh, start to finish. God. And it's like, Take it's Xanax. like, you know, let's go. Yeah, let's, you know, get in. Let's everyone get on Vince McMahon. Right to Linda. Right to Shane. Right Fuck. to. And I'm like, what? But what is that going to. It's not going to do no, anything. You know, those are the, you know who those people are. They're the ones that will take a screenshot from someone else who unsubscribed because we all see the same screen when we unsubscribe. Yeah. And then they'll post it on Facebook. I just unsubscribe because of this bullshit. And then meanwhile, five minutes after they're done, what are they doing? They're fucking watching Total Divas on WWE Network. Fuck you. It's fuck true. you. Seriously, true. fuck you. Matarazzas. You know, yeah, of, I mean, yeah, again. No, speaking of Matarazzas, you want the, uh, the ID of the four... People who asked those questions to Sasha Banks and Bailey earlier tonight. Oh, you have the. Uh, oh, sure. The, I did. I did a little issue. research. And oh, by, go ahead. by the way, uh, as I said last week, and yes, mm -hmm. I actually had to repost it just to rub it into the haters out there. Last mm -hmm. week, I said that the Sasha Bailey Q and A was designed for two reasons: one, to have a tag match this week on Raw, and number two, to push the tag team women's titles. And what happened tonight? exactly what i said last week so i had to do, i don't look i know what i say so right. you know it's cool but i have to repost it just to piss off the haters but i did a little research because nine times out of ten when they do segments they will use indie wrestlers they're not going to trust a fan who might go into business for themselves because they could get fucking viral on twitter or whatever so mm. um the matarats with the beard that asked them what superpower would you like if you could have a superpower what would that that guy wrestles under the name clay roberts okay all right, the woman who asked Bailey and Sasha, if you could, and then, you know, look, it's not a bad question. We would all ask that. If you could wrestle any woman from any era, who would it be? That is indie wrestler Alex Grazia. Okay. Grazia. Uh, the guy who looked like indie wrestler Zach Mason, who mm -hmm. brought up, hey, Sasha, you know, you're using Bailey. You know, the social media, what, is, what do you have to say about social media saying that you're using Bailey? You know, the, the guy that looked like indie wrestler Zach Mason. Yeah. yeah. He, that was indie wrestler Zach Mason. No, it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. And the woman who looked like, uh, I, I know some of us thought that maybe that was D from What's Happening. You know, they asked, you know, what they what Sasha and Bailey would bring to the women's roster in uh, two, 2019. Mm -hmm. I think her name is AQA. I think that might be, uh, you know, cutesy short for Aqua. Okay. AQA. I think that's her name. So, uh, you know, her, she's the only one that I'm not 100% sure of, but I think it's her. I When I saw her, I was like, hey, that looks like D from What's Happening. Roger. <laughs> oh, Roger. I used to love What's Happening. I used to love, what was that name, real name? Really? Danielle? Uh, uh, I don't know. Not Danielle Bouzois. Oh, I was going to say Harris, but that's not her name. Harris? Was that a generic black last name? No, Danielle Harris was actually the girl in Halloween. Uh, the one, the one who played the little girl in Halloween. No idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah she was D some, not D Snyder, but anyway, anyway um, I want to shout out 
some of our associate producers of our show, Tyke Z Bowers, Rob from Nashville, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Petrowski, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Danny's Valdez, Justin Rebstock again, thank you. John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, and Zach Spoonamori. We'll get into more shout-outs in a little bit. Daniel Spencer. Who's Daniel Spencer? Oh, yes, yes. You, <laughs> let me ask you something. Did you like what's happening now? Uh, I tried to watch it. I remember it was on, what was it, Channel 5, like during like dinner time before I went out. Uh, it was like wow. syndication. It was on Channel 5. That was like when like Small Wonder and shows like that were on the late afternoon on Saturday. So I was like in my late teens before I went out. We had TV on when we were watching dinner. I remember what's happening now came on. I tried to watch it, but it wasn't it wasn't as funny, and you know it was it didn't have the whole cast on it. I, I had most of them, but not once the mom left. I didn't really like it. Yeah, uh, the mom was awesome. Mom was awesome. She yeah. was. She Mabel, was. Fun. Yeah. Mabel King. Mabel King. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll make a little revelation. Back in the late eighties, mid eighties, when uh, I was a huge fatty, and not even nymphs would want to come anywhere near this. I actually tried to dance like rerun, and I could you not did do not. it. Did you really? I could not do it. I tried so fucking hard. I look. I listened to African Bombada, Planet Patrol, and all that so shit. So I Planet Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually one time in my house, I tried so hard to dance like him. I tried to like move, lift my legs up and stuff like you know, I kick that he used to do. <laughs> I fucking yes. almost pulled the quad, man. I looked like Kevin oh. Nash back in the day. <laughs> oh man, it fucking oh. hurt. It oh, hurt. God. Oh man. So uh hey, um little debate or discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what it is with the current women in wrestling. You and I have talked about this before that they seem to go out of their way to find like one troll or one person on Twitter yes. and they jump all over it. You know, you and I grew up tiger beat magazine and fucking you'd hear on the news that you know that this person gets thousands of hate mail i mean come on we watched interviews with celebrities politicians musicians sports people jackie Uh, robin can you imagine if jackie robinson if twitter was around in the 50s oh my god do you think jackie robinson would run on twitter like carmella or any of these others because one troll said you know hey blackie you can't play for the dodgers you can't play for major league bad that guy had so much fucking spine you know, when you fucking keep your mouth shut and you prove to them that the person who is dissing you is the one who is the fucking the problem, not yourself. Right. I mean, God bless that, man. I always say in Patreon, they've asked it in the past. If I can meet one person from yesteryear who's deceased, he's actually number one on my list. For really, real. Yeah, for real. But, um, you know, it's just that with the women, though, it's like. They just, everybody gets hate mail. Everybody gets insults. Everybody, that's what Twitter is. Basically, for a lot of people is they, people like to open their mouth because they know in real life they get punched in it if they said what they said on Twitter. So now we got one that involves Carmella. And then we have another one with Jillian Hall that it's a little bit of a different situation. And I want to know how you feel about it. But let's talk about Carmella first. Yeah, I have right. the uh, I have this the uh, the interaction. If you want me yeah, to read yeah. Uh, a guy named uh, she was felt a need to respond to a guy. You know, give him give him a little plug here. This guy named Sam Walsh, just a regular <laughs> average average Joe. You know, a hundred and something followers. I'm not making fun of him. Did, He's just an average. Did you see fan. the picture of his face? 
Yeah, sorry. It, the picture of his face, his eyes look like he's reading oh. Carmella's response. Exactly. It's like he's all he looks lit up. Uh, but this guy Sam, just a random fan, you know, so to speak, you know, just regular guy, maybe even using his real name, uh, said to Carmella, uh, "Gone from women's champion to our truth's cheerleader." Damn. Now that right. sounds like a guy who yeah. is a fan of Carmella's, who yeah, is disappointed, yeah. and. Tell everybody what uh, what happened. Well, Carmelo wrote back as much as as many characters as you can have on uh, on here. He he wrote a basic sentence, not utilizing all of his, uh, you know, what he could have extended it and gone into more detail. But it was just a blank sentence statement. Seems like a fan was disappointed what they turned Carmelo into. And her response was number number one. There's four points. Number one, I'm not anyone's cheerleader. I'm not in NXT anymore. Number two. I get to dance during every match now. Number three, most importantly, I get to spread joy and make lasting memories for these little fans. And for that, I'd much rather be in the position I'm in now. Number four, damn, Sam, mind your business. Wow. You know, Sam probably didn't think for a million years he would get a response. <laughs> oh, that, that, no, he wasn't the only one. Uh, he wasn't the only one, but uh, that was who else? The, who else uh, chimed in on the do you assault? Have the, uh, do you have the next one who, ch who uh, chimed in? I have just the one there, and because I posted something today about having thicker skin, quoting something that the the soup guy said. Lance Storm. Uh, do you have Lance Storm's quote? Lance Storm. He said to him, and he actually said, "Sam Walsh, mm -hmm. you know it's a work, right? Dumbass. I was a janitor at WWE New York at some point. I mean." I, uh, look, I... Oh, now I see it, okay. I just, I don't get it, man. I, I understand people offended when someone doesn't understand that it's an entertainment company and sometimes yeah. you're at the top and sometimes you're at the bottom and sometimes you're in the middle and sometimes you're in a role that fans wish you were in a better role. Oscar's a great example. And I think, and I told, I've been saying it all year to everyone, you know, as much as everyone is upset at, at the way they've treated Oscar, I, I said, have faith. At some point, it's going to turn around. I think it's going to start turning around for her. I don't know if she's going to win the women's title at the, the pay-per-view. But the mm -hmm. point is, is that, you know, the people that we root for, we obviously want to see them go as far as they possibly can because it's an entertainment company. When you go watch a movie and it stars your favorite actor or actress, you don't want that actor or actress to get the shit knocked out of him in the movie. And if right. it does happen, at the end of the movie, you want your favorite actor or actress to, to get retribution. Right. All right? I mean, if I'm a fan of, I don't know, fucking Bruce Lee... And I go to fucking go see, oh, my God, you hear, you know, Bruce Lee's fa his latest movie's out. Oh, man, I fucking love Bruce Lee. I'm going to go fucking pay a ticket and going to go watch a movie. And then I go to go in the movie theater. I sit down. I'm so excited. I'm going to see Bruce Lee. And what do I? And he gets his ass kicked. I'm like, wow, that sucked. My favorite. Oh, at the end of the movie, he'll get his revenge. And what happens at the end? And Bruce Lee fucking gets his ass kicked again. Wow, this fucking sucked, man. I, I, this is my favorite. I, I came here to see this person. And all I'm seeing is he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. You know, we want to see our favorites excel. And I'm not saying that 
Carmelo was Sam Walsh's favorite. But in his eyes as a fan, he feels like, wow, Carmelo went from fucking women's champion R-Truth. In my opinion, I would have... Demoted, yeah, like demoted. Right. In my opinion, my tweet would have been the reverse. If if she went from R-Truth's cheerleader to champion, I would have been like, fuck, damn, that sucks. Because to me, she's not even suited to be d- dancing on TV. All right? right. Oh, she could dance. Okay. She closes the lights. I don't want and I don't want anybody to say to me, "Oh, you're just jealous because you're not on TV dancing." I can't even do rerun shit. I'm going to do mm-hmm. Carmela's hip to I don't mm-hmm. care. She doesn't entertain me, but I don't take it personal. She took it personal. Lance Storm took it personal. They're playing roles on TV. All right, Carmella has a job. Whether she plays a janitor, whether she plays a cheerleader, whether she's the women's champion, and I'm going to say this with all due respect to Lance Storm. Read Lance Storm's comment again. You know it's a work, right, dumbass? Hey, Lance, you know it's a work, right? So why are you getting so upset when a wrestling fan doesn't like the quote-unquote entertainment role that Carmella has in the company? Lance Storm is acting like he forgets it's a work. Carmella acts like she forgets it's a work. She's not personally being demoted. She's still getting a paycheck. WWE didn't call her into the office. Well, you're going to be dancing now. And, um, you know, because of that, we can only pay you... $10,000, $10,000, shap. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, her contract is a contract. It sounds like they're the ones that are forgetting this is a work. He's not commenting on her personally, and they're taking it personal. And I just don't get that, you know? And it's no disrespect to either one of them. Carmella, I don't know her personally. She could be a wonderful person. Me, as far as someone who follows wrestling and entertainment, she doesn't entertain me. You know, no, that's not- yeah, that's, that's true, and I, I, we, we don't really know what the intent was. I think you know when Carmella said number one that she's not a cheerleader, not an NXT anymore. She probably had little uh, flashbacks of being with her ex Cass and Enzo, and of course, there's a stink on those two. She doesn't want to hear something like that. But she took it, you know, like I said, four bullet points that she she had to make, and she, I don't why she chose to respond. I really don't know. And then tell him to mind his business. You're on a, you know, it's a public forum. That's kind of weird when people say that, right? So like, you know, mind your business, shut your mouth, don't say anything, shut the fuck up. I don't, you know, yeah, if they curse you out or say something like really disparaging to you, I I don't, I don't know. I didn't really see this guy, Sam, really, uh, probably not the best thing to say, but nothing really harsh in my opinion, you know, but kind of saying, wow, you know, maybe I'd be interested to see if he was a fan because I didn't see him follow up or anything like that. No, I just, uh, I saw that and I'm like. I don't get it. Why Why is anybody jumping down this guy? And then what happens? You know, you get the social the justice knights, warriors, the white it. knights, the, oh, the people they, they that will, you know, there are guys out there that I honestly think, I'm not kidding when I say this, I honestly think that there's guys out there in droves that are about to go on Twitter and they see what Sam Walsh, Walsh wrote. And they see that it pissed off Landstorm and others. So they know that, you know, what this guy Sam said is being accepted as wrong. So what they do is they first go in the bathroom. They spray their arms with deodorant. They take fucking a comb. They wet it. They comb their hair back. They grease up themselves nice and fucking look in the mirror. And it looks like, you know, you know, like Fonzie from Happy Days. And they're looking in the mirror and they're looking at themselves like, hey, I look good. And then they go back into their bedroom 
and then they go on Twitter, and then they write the perfect diss to Sam Walsh, and they'll hashtag Carmella, they'll hashtag Landstorm, they'll hashtag everybody they possibly can, and they're crossing their fingers, you know, the mentally crossing their fingers, hoping that Carmella likes it, retweets it, or even the ultimate orgasm responds back and says, "Amen." Thank you, blah blah blah, and agreed, ha- agreed, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. At, you know, and or if if you don't get that, well, you know what? At least some of these little girlies that are obsessed with Carmella, that want to look like her, want to, he, they look like her, they smell like her, they want to be like it. Maybe they'll at least retweet it. You damn straight, damn straight. And then what um, happens? They're left with perfectly groomed hair mouthwash, not enough time to brush their teeth because they got to go on Twitter and be the first one to write it. And they fucking doll themselves up thinking that Carmelo Stone could actually like look through the, the fucking computer and see, hey, this is a man. And- yeah, I mean, and if you're wondering, if anybody's wondering, did our truth respond on this? Yes, he did. And he simply put 100% with lines underneath it. That's all he said. He didn't feel a need to I go further. I don't have a problem that. with that. No, that's it. And Ron is a nice guy. Like I said, I have a friend who's, who knows him. And he's a pretty cool guy. And I don't think he wants to insult any of the fans. Because maybe, like I said, if you really take a look at it, I really don't know where Sam was coming from. But I've seen far worse said. And nobody uh, jumped on anybody. And listen, in some people's eyes, in the fans' eyes, and I think the wrestlers, I'm sure they understand that, that if you go from a champion to doing something a little bit so offshoot different, and then your character's different. You really made such a quick transition to a baby, a baby face uh, when you were a big heel. Uh, so, so some some fans are maybe a little, uh, I don't know, a little uh, disappointed in you know that. They like I, the other way, you know. You know why I'm laughing? Because when did you start watching wrestling? When I was uh, ten. Oh, what year? 1978, going to 79. All right, I started watching in 79. All right, mm-hmm. I never liked Tony Gurria. I, I fucking wanted to shave his head, that fucking hair. But, but my grandmother actually liked Tony Gurria. My grandmother watched wrestling from the 50s, God rest his soul. All right. Right. By the time we became wrestling fans, Tony Gurria was teaming up with SD Jones and getting his ass kicked at fucking championship wrestling in 1983. It is oh, called, that, was before, that was after Martel. Right, that was after Martel. It's called okay. a D-push. Um, we've been watching wrestling since 79, and Carmella and everyone else, um, that has happened uh, since 79, 69, 59. It's called the D-Push. Why to get all offended and taking it personal on social media? I, ju- I, I don't get it. I Honestly, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't know why this post was made. I, I don't. Um, now we get to Jillian Hall. All right, mm. This is interesting. She wrote on Twitter that, and and I'll read her stuff word for word. I saw, just so you know, all I know about it is that she went to some doctor and then griped about it, or somebody released personal information about her and went to her fans and they started giving her advice about a lawyer or something No, 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 that's not what happened. Somebody didn't release information about it? No, no, no. I'm going to read her comments. I I thought that's what it said. No, she wrote, and and I quote, came across a situation that really upset me today. I was at a doctor's appointment and I walked out. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, but listen, I was at a doctor's appointment, walked out of the back to see the staff looking at a large computer screen with myself pulled up on a Google search featuring a mugshot from my awful time in my life. 
I felt immediately shocked and violated. That's what she wrote. What happened was she went to a doctor's appointment. And while she was seeing the doctor, staff Googled her name and pulled up her mugshot. And she felt violated that the doctor's office, people who were working there, she said in a second tweet that she never gave her wrestling name. She never said she wrestled or anything like that. They recognized her. They recognized her. So that's all that happened. So she went to a doctor's office and some of the staff in there pulled up her mugshot from a Google search. And she felt that, that she was violated. She felt shocked. And that's a, that's all that happened. Nothing else. Right. Do you agree with how she feels? Uh, Do you think it's inappropriate? Because uh, it would be inappropriate. Like, listen, those people who are behind the desk. They listen. I was at a doctor's office recently. I told you, a girl who was the desk clerk barged into the room while I'm getting a fucking uh, middle-aged man examination. Let's put it that way. Girl was maybe 19. I'm like, this is like, I'm the one who told the doctor it was inappropriate. I'm like, this girl's not a nurse. Can shut the door? He's like, yeah, go go out of there. Go, hit me on the intercom. And I'm like, and I shake my head. I'm like, almost like a comedy moment. Like, wow, that, that's not that's not good. Especially, like I said, I'm an older guy. as a young girl. They should have set a precedent. So, again, they're not, if it's medical staff or it's private records or whatever, going on TMZ or something like that, it's foul it's kind of fucked up to do but i don't think it's against anything i don't know if the doctor could be held accountable i saw all the budding lawyers by the way dt saying uh, get a lawyer so for what, what no, those are the same what? people with the greased <laughs> hair they, they <laughs> couldn't they couldn't get carmel's attention so they figured okay jillian hall is really mounting mounting to a bag of beans right now maybe we could get a, at least a like from her you know. I'll be honest with you, DT. I thought she might even made it up to get attention. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I'm in the doctor's office and people look at a mugshot. I, I don't know what that's all about. Oh. But listen, if you did something and it's public, are, are you going to go for the, I mean, I'm not going to say it. If you're going to say it about that, you know, public record and, you, you know, you did something. Yeah. You know, it's a long time ago, but it's out there. Yeah. It's not, the, they didn't violate or, or they didn't they didn't hack into something and find out stuff about a dt if it's in other words are, are you taking the position uh, that if it's out there it's public knowledge tmz or whatever tough tough shit I i'm guess? gonna take this position okay and i want jillian hall for a minute um to pretend she's a secretary okay pretend she's a secretary with a computer in front of her and let's say i don't want to say uh george clooney it's, it's too famous but let's use someone who's not as famous. But say, uh, say, uh, let's go with uh, Justine Bateman from Family Ties. No, no. Well, she, why would she? Unless she's a, <laughs> unless Jillian Hall's a lesbian, I don't think she would care about Justine Bateman. Uh, but you know, somebody from today's era, a guy. Let's uh, you know what? Let's say, um, fucking the guy from Green. How about the guy from Green Arrow? The horrible Arrow. The, the Arrow. The horrible rapper. What was it Pitbull? Let's go with Pitbull because it's Florida. Pitbull's, Pitbull's pretty famous. Though. Uh, yeah, but Pitbull, I would, I would think it's just a Puerto Rican from Roosevelt Avenue if I saw him on the street. <laughs> no. uh, seriously, if you he's look a, at he's him, it's a big deal. The music, right? But if he's walking down the street with shades on, you honestly tell me that you wouldn't think uh-huh. that's just a guy that uh, like lives in Corona. He looks like a lot of guys in New York, but okay. But Pitbull's right. pretty famous. But let's just all right. Let, so let, let's, let's use Pitbull. Let's use Pitbull because okay, every because yeah. I know a lot of people out there like him, and it just pisses people off even more that I, that I make exactly. fun of him. All right. Yeah. So Jillian Hall's working as as a secretary in Florida. Pitbull he lives in Florida, you know. So he's going to get I don't know proc was a proctologist or whatever. So she, prostate exam. Prostate, prostate exam. So Jillian Hall's a secretary for a, a prostate doctor. And in comes fucking Pitbull. And she looks at him. She's like, 
Was that Pitbull? Now, Pitbull's birth certificate, unless he's like Ryback, I, I don't think it says Pitbull on the birth certificate. It probably just says like Juan Lopez or something like that. I don't know his real name. But okay. let's say he comes in and his name is Juan Lopez. And he's like, you know, uh, hi, um, I'm here to see Dr. Smith. Um, by the way, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I want you. <clears throat> Armando Christian Perez. All right. Real- you know, my name, Armando no, Alejandro, Christian uh, Perez. I'm here to see the proctologist. So now Jillian also says, have a seat and everything. And I'm fine. <laughs> and she's looking at him. And she's like, Armando, oh, you know, God. he looks a lot like Pitbull. So, you know, Armando, yeah, you know, Armando, come in. You know, and he goes in and he's getting his ass checked. And while he's in, the, in there, you mean to tell me that she isn't going to turn around and say, you know, he looks a lot like Pitbull. Let me do a Google search and look. See, holy shit, it is him. Oh, my God. He didn't tell me his name was Pitbull. He just said his name was Armando Alejandro Lopez. So the same thing happened with Jillian Hall. Someone there, she, she specifically said, I never told them that I was in wrestling. So maybe when she came in there, somebody, which would be a kind of surprising, you know, for her status, no disrespect. I just yeah. can't picture somebody. They might have said, wow, she looks like that girl that used to be in WWE. You know, let's do a Google. Her, wait, who was the name? Jillian Hall? Yeah, let's search Jillian Hall. And then they pulled up what happens with Google. The first thing that comes up is the mugshot. Holy shit. Well, 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 hold on one second, DT. I got to cut you off. But her name is listed as Jillian Fay Hall. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that no, she, no, she, even in Wikipedia and stuff is her real name. Right, but what I'm saying is, is that she never said that she was in wrestling. Jillian Faith Hall Fletcher. Right, okay. Fletcher. So Jillian Fletcher. Okay. So she okay. might have went in and said, "I'm Jill Fletcher." Okay. So she never Fletch, said she, Fletch. I'm Fletch. Fletch. But <laughs> think about that. That's the same exact thing. If Pitbull went into that same office and someone yeah. there is like, Lisa, come here. Doesn't that look like Pitbull? No, that can't. What's his name? Armando? I don't know. Is that his name? I never even knew. All I knew him is Pitbull. You know, to look it up one, two, three, though. Yeah, and you do a Google search, Pitbull. And what happens? Let's say Pitbull got arrested, which would be, you know, the you know perfect thing for me. You know, you pull up, and the first thing you see is is the mugshot, and he walks out, and he sees that you're looking in the mugshot. You know, look, I, I defended Jillian Hall for turning her life around. Anybody out there, yeah. the YouTube clips are there. I have son, did nothing but praise Jillian Hall the last bunch of years, swear to God. All right, but I think she is way off on this one. I think because she was famous and because that's public record, if you walk into a fucking bodega, a doctor's office, sure, it's not professional. Right, it's not appropriate, you know, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, look... This Jillian Hall, this is what happens when you commit crimes. Sometimes you will be embarrassed because you committed those crimes. You can't turn around and blame it on the other person. Was it unprofessional? See, what I would have done is the minute you hear that doorknob opening that Jillian is done with a proctologist test, you know, the, the, the people should have immediately put on a screensaver or, or something so she didn't see it. So it wasn't professional by the office. But honestly, violated and shocked? Why would you feel shocked and violated? How about, you know what? I'll never fucking commit a crime like that ever again. Right, that's the whole thing with the the, the moronic uh, fucking people on there. Get a lawyer. Lawyer for what, geniuses? She can't do anything. It's a fact that she was arrested. They pulled it up. It's public record that she was arrested and charged with battery in April 23rd, 2012. I'm looking at it right now. 
as I'm talking to you. It's not because we're repeating is that some kind of slant that it's public record. Yeah. There's nothing that they did. They're not out to get. They were looking at pictures online. Uh, there's no crime there, folks. No. There's, there's nothing. It's not appropriate. It's being an asshole. It's like having no filter and saying something stupid. You can apologize for, for making the person feel uncomfortable, whatever, write a letter of apology to the doctor. But there's no there's no legal litigation that's gonna go on here at all. Don't I would probably she probably not gonna go there anymore. That's yeah, all she can do really. That's that's the best thing she could do. Um mm-hmm. but I think every single person listening, if somebody walked into your office and you thought that that was somebody very famous, and you didn't know their real name, and let's say they went under an alias on in, enter- in the entertainment world, and you, you're trying to tell me that you wouldn't go on a computer while that person is in with the doctor and check to see if that person might be actually somebody famous? Come on. Seriously. Yeah. I Violated. I could see if they pulled up her nudes. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. That's different. It's a mugshot. Mug yeah, shot. it's a mugshot. I mean, I ain't whacking off to a mugshot, especially that one. It's heavily pixelated. She had no makeup on, so you know, it violated. I think is a little extreme. Yeah, what you could do is get the word. Don't go there. Hurt him. Hurt him in the pocket. Hurt him by business. But there's there's nothing. There's no crime there, yeah. folks. All right. Few people wanted us to discuss the thing that happened with Maria in the airport. I I you know what. I really have nothing to say about that because I'm not I a mom. I don't even hear about it. Yeah, I'm not a mom, and I don't, you know, I don't know how the reaction, but I'll give people, I'll just let everybody know what happened. Okay. She was in an airport with her daughter. Daughter's a newborn. Maria so, Canales. Yeah. And, okay. um, you know, the a lot, a lot of establishments have family rooms. Yeah. All right. It's not just a men's room or a women's room. They'll have a family room. And in the airport, they even have an area where you could change your baby, a changing station. Yeah. You know, you put your baby down, you change the diaper, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was she, the family room was busy. All right. It was busy. There was a lot of people in the family room. She didn't want to wait. So she went into the regular women's room instead. And apparently the ladies room also has a changing area. And the top of the sink, there was like, you know, a little bit of paper towels on it top of the sink was wet and there's an outlet to the right of the sink it's one of those safe outlets that if it yeah, yeah. if it detects something it automatically shuts off it's you know it's a safe i don't remember what it's called it's gfc something whatever yeah, if something gets too hot it shuts it down yeah. yeah so she complains on social media and she says to the airport that um my baby tried to take her fingers and put it in the outlet you know, my first reaction was, why are you having a baby's head right near the outlet? Have the baby's feet near on the outlet side. That's first right. off. But then she's, you know, with the paper and the, the, the sink being wet. And I was saying, I said, you know, I've been to a lot of restaurants. I've been to airports. I've been to weddings, receptions. And you go into the men's bathroom. And unless you got one of those guys in there that you know want to hand you a paper towel and you have to give them like a buck you know a lot of these bathrooms you know people just wash their hands they don't care they're not going to sit there and say well let me find a towel i accidentally wet the sink no (laughs) they they get wet they get dirty and she was in an uproar about it and i don't want to criticize her because she's she's a new mom it's a newborn and maybe i would have reacted the same way i don't know but um that's what happened uh, not a really big deal. 
Yeah, I didn't think it was. A, I I just didn't understand why that that was posted on Twitter. My honest opinion. I was hoping she didn't get the uh, hoof, hoof <laughs> hand, foot, and mouth disease like Harry saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully she'll get over that quick. Yeah, I know. She's still out. Oh, uh, actually. Yeah, she'll be out she'll for be a little back. bit. Um, I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up. Yeah, there's just been some baseball players who have had it uh, recently. I mean, it's not a fun thing to have, but you know, she'll recover. Yeah, it's just so people know, Carrie Sane has, uh, it's called uh, hand, foot, and mouth the disease. It's caused by some sort of virus, and you get uh, ulcers and sores around your mouth, and you get a rash on your hands and feet and legs and on your ass and everything. It's It literally affects you from almost head to toe. Yeah. So you get all these different things. Yeah, that's good. That sounds pretty nasty, actually. It is. <laughs> but it's, it's not serious where your life is in jeopardy, but until it, the, the sores and rashes go away, you can't be around people. So yeah. she might be out another week or two, you think, maybe? Uh, a little bit longer than that. Yeah. You know, Maybe you get it out of the system and it takes a lot out of you and you have to regain a little bit of that stamina and stuff like that. They're saying she currently still has uh, the eczema part of the uh, eczema. disease. Eczema. Yeah. Isn't it eczema? Eczema. Eczema. Yeah. Eczema. Eczema. I don't even know. Someone in chat room. Well, you know why? You know why I know that? Because, um, you know, people try to rub it in my face now, but I'm like, whatever. Earlier this year, I said that Roman Reigns is the asthma of pro wrestling. You know, this is before we found out about the leukemia stuff. So now people are like, how do you feel now about it? I said it was about the fucking character, not him personally, dickheads. So, no, I don't have any remorse for that. I was talking about the character on TV. This right. is before we... Now, if I would have said that after we found out... So, by the way, for our live listeners tonight, you get a little bonus after the show is done. Uh, you're going to get a little sample of breakfast soup. So you get an idea of what you're missing on Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Um, you're doing an episode of Castle Chronicles Thursday. Uh, mm -hmm. Next week will be um, Breakfast Soup, Dark Chronicles. Dark Chronicles. Tomorrow yeah. night, we're doing a live chat with our patrons. Uh, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Five bucks, you get everything. It's just uh, a great deal, and you help us with the expenses as well. Um, shout out to some of our additional associate producers, Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, the Metaphor Isaac Fox, Spider Lewin, Carl Bucteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Anna, I don't give a shit about your kid's banana, and Julian LeBlanc. Let's start right there for a minute. Um, we had uh, Rhino and Heat Slater have the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match. You know, you who, you know, you wrestle each other for a spot to stay on the roster. Right. That's happened many times over the years. But the most recent one was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They got booted from SmackDown. They showed up on Raw. And uh, I, think, I don't know if it was Kurt Angle who was doing the GM that time. He told them that they have a match against each other and the winner would stay on Raw. Right. So we had that today. Rhino lost. And Heat Slater is not only on Raw, but now they're doing a storyline where Heat Slater is a referee. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's going to be on TV again. Poor Heat Slater, man. He just, it's funny, that three-man band, the other two guys really excelled, gender excelled for a while, and now Drew McIntyre is like the man. But uh, poor Heat Slater, out of the three-man band, he was never been able to get out of that. Now he's, now he's Danny Davis, basically. Yeah, Ronnie Garvin. Ronnie just, Garvin. Just not right. a heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, just and he doesn't have a he doesn't have a knockout punch. But listen, if it gets him on TV in a storyline, I'm sure he's been jonesing to do something and get back on television. Because he is entertaining. He is entertaining. Who was the guy before Carmella? What was his name again? Not Sam. 
James was Sam, no, it was Sam. Yeah, it was Sam Walsh. I want Sam Walsh. Oh, Sam Walsh. Oh, Sam Walsh. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I want Sam to be an equal opportunity troll. I want him to tweet to Heat Slater and say, gone from 3MB and tag team champion to referee. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could be a new thing where every week he takes a dig at somebody. Yeah. I mean, oh, that could be a new, Sam. That could be your new gimmick. Sam, we're definitely on your side, man. We we are on your side. Seriously, man. sign up on Patreon. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lenson, the Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers. Once again, Courtney, good luck with the podcast. Yes. Everyone, please. Show some love. Go check it out. I actually listened to a little of it. It's not bad. Nice. Not bad. Um, can we uh, elaborate a little more of what we had discussion on last week? On? AEW. All Elite Wrestling. Uh, yeah, because people, <laughs> people, people are saying uh, that we're wrong. Or uh, you, I, I hate to break it to everyone out there. Kevin and I were very deliberate in what we said last week. Mm-hmm. I got to give a shout out to some people on Epic Sports' channel on YouTube. And the reason why I shout out YouTube sometimes is because that's where we find the majority of comments of clips that we say. Right. And a decent number of people out there got what we were trying to do. We were very deliberate in the discussion last week. There were some people on Twitter that were begging me, please elaborate, please clear, because what I kept doing was if we purposely last week did not bring up that some of these terms were trademarked. And it, it was done for a reason. And, you know, I kept telling people on Twitter all week, look, look up the trademarks and then look at WWE's trademarks. Look at TNA's trademarks. Look at them side by side and figure out what is missing. And then you'll understand why we didn't even bring up the trademarks. See, what's happening since last Monday's show is you got a lot of uh, people out there that are going, ha-ha, you didn't bring up the trademark. They trademarked AEW, All Elite Wrestling. They trademarked All Out. They trademarked this. They trademarked that. That's the proof. Federation's coming. That's the proof. And it was funny because Jim Ross two weeks ago said, no, I'm not involved in any, because he was, you know, claimed to be one of the, you know, future owners. And over the weekend, he went on, I don't remember whose podcast, but he reiterated, he says, look, again, are you crazy? Me and Jericho going to spend all the money we made to get into the wrestling business? Are you nuts? There's nothing to shake here. We're not, you know, involved in any of this stuff. And a lot of these same places ignored what Jim Ross said. But because, Kev, they trademarked all those terms. Ha-ha! Promotion. Yeah. All right. Now, I know a lot of you out there didn't bother going to trademark website and look this up, so I'm not going to do the research for you. And we, yes, Kevin and I are going to troll a little bit further with this. But I will say this for now. I trademarked ECW. When ECW... Was when they were going to do Hardcore Homecoming in Philly, and it was going to be the first ECW reunion show back in 05 or whatever it was. All right. What, let me just say this very quickly for those that don't know. And for those who have heard it before, I'm sorry. I'll give you the very short story of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The same time that WWE was going to do One Night Stand, 
uh, Jeremy Bora, Shane Douglas, and a few others were getting involved, and they were going to do an event called Hardcore Homecoming in Philly. It was going to be the indie ECW reunion show. Problem is that WWE owned the trademark to ECW and would not allow Hardcore Homecoming to use the letters ECW in any way, shape, or form. How do you do an ECW reunion show if you can't do have an ECW name? So what happened was Shane Douglas got in touch with the Mass Maniac and said to the Mass Maniac, look, you know, de Blasi did all the XPW bus trips. Somehow he would get fucking hundreds of people to go to Philly to see XPW shows. I want de Blasi to do the bus trips for Hardcore Homecoming. So right. I said, yeah, I'll do it. So Mike Johnson, that little fucking troll bitch, you know, got very jealous and tried to shoot down my bus trips or whatever. So what happened was I started plugging on my website and, you know, I still got the legal papers. I plugged uh, ECW reunion show and I got a cease and desist legal letter from the WWE from some lawyer there, some woman, some Greek woman. And she's like, you know, remove all the terms, this, this and that. And, um, you know, they threaten this, threaten that. So me, because, you know, I always try to one up. I'm like the Donald Trump of the podcast scene. You insult me, I go one step further. You know, right. and, and that's not always a good thing. But when I got that legal letter, I was like, you know, that's fucking petty shit. So I tried to think in my mind, what can I do to one-up WWE? And I always, being a longtime ECW fan, I always remembered that ECW, before it became extreme, it was called Eastern Championship Wrestling. So I went on the trademark website, back in 05 or whatever the year it was. And I looked up ECW and I saw the WWE owned the trademark and they owned it for promotion, merchandise, everything else. And then I looked up Eastern Championship Wrestling and I noticed WWE did not own it. Todd Gordon owned it and he abandoned right. it, the trademark. I don't remember if it was 02 or whatever, but Todd Gordon abandoned the trademark. ECW was out of business. Why does he need the trademark anymore? Blah, 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 blah. So I said, okay, this is my... This is my in. So I, in my own pocket, paid the money and bought the trademark to ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling. Right. And I specifically put Eastern Championship Wrestling under the letters ECW because that would show the difference between Eastern Championship Wrestling and Extreme Championship Wrestling. Right. I applied for the trademark. It got approved. I went back to the WWE attorney and said, look, I'm not trying to you know, be a jerk, but I now own the trademark for Eastern Championship Wrestling, ECW. Can I use this for the show? And she said, honestly, I got to give you credit. You can use it. So now I started advertising. Every time I said ECW reunion show, in parentheses, I would write Eastern Championship Wrestling. Right. As long as they did that, it was allowed. Did I wow. own a promotion? No. no. Was I running a promotion? No. no. I bought the trademark so I so would get more attention and so the event could use the letters ECW. So now, you know, the end of the story with that, just so people know, because I always like to bring it up, that cocksucker Todd Gordon called his fucking <laughs> lawyer in Philadelphia and told me that if I didn't give the trademark up to him that he would sue me. And I was like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? I'm doing this to help the show and try to give it more business. And because he abandoned the trademark, he didn't like that some fucking Italian jabroni in Howard Beach, Queens, bought the trademark to ECW. So me, because he was serious and he had lawyers calling me, I was like, you know what? This fucking event is not worth it. I stopped my bus trips. I gave up the trademark. And I was like, fuck you to all of you. It wasn't Shane Douglas's fault, but... If anybody out there, and yes, Mish, I agree 100%. He couldn't have sued me. The problem is, is that I didn't want to have the expense of hiring a lawyer to, to find that out. So I got scared. I didn't want to incur an expense. I'm like, wow, I just did fucking place a favor, and this is the thanks I get? Fuck you. So yeah. anyway, my point is, is that if you li- think of that story, and now we see trademarks written for AEW, All Elite Wrestling, all out. And again, we, Kevin and I are going to troll everyone a little more. Mm. I invite everyone, if you are so interested in all elite wrestling, then look up the trademarks that they trademarked. Look at it side by side with WWE. Look at it with TNA. Look at it with Impact Wrestling. Look at it with anybody you want. Ring of Honor. And yeah. see what's missing. There is something glaringly missing from the trademarks. All right, they didn't do anything wrong, but I will say it this way. Whoever trademarked this did a very smart thing. And they're going to do future all-in events, but they're not going to call it all-in. They're going to call it all-out. Because if you think about it, that makes sense. We're going all-out for you. So that's why the... The logo says all in with the line across the all the word in and out is written in front of it. Right. All they're doing is trademarking these events. So when they do do a future all in event, when they do sell it on home video, when they do offer streaming services, when they offer t-shirts when they offer merchandise they own the trademarks so people can't go on pro wrestling tees and others and make their own variation of all in this and that they could fucking pull their trademark and they could say shut this down shut this down shut this down very very smart for them to do that they trademarked these events but i will say this a thousand times and this leads to where kevin and i are going with this where did anybody out there in their right mind all of a sudden think that All In was a promotion? Yeah, it's true. All right, when you say, oh, could you imagine? I mean, there's people, look, there's nothing wrong with fantasizing. But when people are bringing up CM Punk, AJ Styles will leave WWE for All Elite Wrestling. They need to bring, uh, not Taka Michinoku, fucking Nakamura. They got to oh, bring him. Oh, the, and uh, the Revival. The Revival. Oh, oh yeah. my God. This is the ultimate, oh. ultimate. We could maybe even get CM Punk to go there. Oh. And CM Punk ain't stupid. When CM Punk says on an interview last week, hey, you know, look, I, I'm open to anything. Oh, oh, my God. You mean to tell me CM Punk may actually show up? That's the same fucking thing that happened with All In. He was doing an autograph signing and everybody online was whacking off thinking, oh my God, CM Punk could possibly show up at All In. Did CM Punk go on his Twitter and tell people, look, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but I'm not going to be at All In. I'm not going to do it. Maybe he did He because I'm blocked. I don't see any of his stuff. My point is, stop taking 
individual events and turning it into promotions. All right. Do you understand the amount of money that's involved to set up a promotion? Do you understand that they have to book venues? Do you understand they have to book contracts, plane fare, hotel, promoting? This is insurance. This is, they bought trademarks. That's it. I bought trademarks. That's true. What are you what are you talking about? The oh, promotion you got that's why we left out the trademarks last week. Anybody could fucking go out there and buy a trademark right now. All right, but again, look at the trademarks and look at them side by side with other promotions who have trademarks and you will see what is missing. And as of right now, look, things could change. Obviously things could change, but right now, all it is is future wrestling events. They're trademarking certain things so they can sell merchandise, video, stuff like that, right. and try to eliminate as much pirated stuff as possible. Right. It doesn't mean it's a promotion with a TV deal. Yeah. And, and that was the whole point of our discussion last week. And you had to see these people on YouTube that are ripping us <laughs> apart. Links for this, links uh, for that. I, I, I saw that. They go, yeah, how do you guys feel now? I'm like, how do you feel, moron? You haven't proved anything. Yeah, what, you're, you're proving what, what our point. You prove nothing. You know, the, 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 I, I saw everyone. The, the, the good brothers are going to go there and the revival. Go where? Finish, finishing up. Going where? There is no promotion, fucking jackass. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now, some people who already are giving us the headline. Becky is definitely headlining WrestleMania. I, there's no evidence of that. Again, this is an opinion show. I guess opinions uh, vary, as they say. But uh, just to, to mislead people purposely. And DT, I think it's even like a delusion for some of these people. I, don't, I think that they don't think they're misleading people. I think they think this is real. All elite wrestling is an event. It's an there, event. It's not, a yeah, right. it's, it's not a television promotion deal company. Exactly. WWE, right? Right. So, you know, one step at a time, everyone. Would I like it to see it be a promotion? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's not the point. Absolutely. If I had a choice of seeing that or fucking the current state of Raw with Baron Corbin, you know, putting us through this agony just so Braun Strowman's, you know, going to like, you know, do this for us. You know, get rid of fucking Baron Corbin as the GM for us. Oh, thank you, Baron. Uh, thank you, Braun Strowman. Thank you, Braun Strowman. You know, and how do we thank him? You know, by watching WrestleMania. By And this is going to lead momentum into him versus Brock Lesnar. This is all one-step process. You know, annoy people so fucking much. So when he comes back for us and fucks with Baron Corbin, he's going to get a massive goddamn pop. Well, yeah, but the whole thing, DT, like you said, they're just doing trademarks steps at a time. But yeah. to make to make declarations that aren't there yet is just kind of you know, yeah, it's ignorant. It's ignorant. It it's just ignorant. doesn't. It holds no water. I mean, there's there's nothing factual there yet, except other than a speculation that something's going to yeah. happen. If it does, great. You know, guess what? There were territories back in the day. There was about 15 different uh, territories you could watch wrestling. It was great, and I loved it. So it would be great to have another alternative for the guys to go work instead of going to Canada to go to you know. Uh, impact uh, impact tapings or whatever. I would love to see it, but it's just, it's not there yet. So why, how can you declare There's no anything? there there. <laughs> right, there's no there there. Nakamura's going there. Going where? <laughs> there's no there there. Where's he going? Seriously. I know, for a, I know for a fact the Revival would be tag team champions there. I can't believe some of the things some podcasts are saying. I can't believe it. I'm almost in shock. It's shocked. I, I don't, you know, Kev, we have always dealt with people like that over the years, going back to hotline days, but I've never yeah. seen it 
this bad where it's just like, you know, they, and when they're corrected and they know that they're wrong. And like I said, even the Jim Ross stuff, Jim Ross is basically saying, are you out of your goddamn minds? Yeah. And they just ignore it because they, yeah. Oh man. Um, it's good. uh, I'm, I'm happy for the revival. They're going to get the belts over there. I'm happy for that. Over where? (laughs) Uh, Over there. That, Thing that they're doing over yeah, there. I mean, yeah. look, if they do an event here <laughs> and there, you know, that's fine. But, you know, it's, it's, you can't. Nakamura's on the next bus out to there, TT. Over he where? Is, he's, he, he's on his way there. Oh, man. It, over what, where? Uh, there. It was like when remember, it was like down there. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what, everyone? If you want to see, fun with it, you, you know? want to see a massive alter, and think about this too. Everybody that you put on your fucking fantasy billboards are either employed with WWE or they're working for other promotions. How's about trying to get impact wrestling to the next level? How's about trying to get ring of honor to the next level? Places that actually exist. Why, why does it have to be three new letters? You know what I mean? Like you have two promotions out there that have, already an organization, already have a functioning machine. Sure, it's not functioning anywhere near to the level that it should be, but you have something that is there, there. That's there. Revival, holy yeah. shit, they're on impact next week. All right? Reach out and you can reach out and see it. And you can re- Exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh my God, I can't wait to get the video nine months from now from AEW so I can find... Right now, people are in withdrawal of all in... Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're pipe dreaming. It's, yeah. it's withdrawal. That's what it is. You know, why not try to get these uh, these two promotions to the next level? The fucking Young Bucks were in Ring of Honor. Before we went live, I played that little clip of Broken Match showing up at Ring of Honor because it was this week in wrestling history. Yeah. But, you know, Great the Bucks clip. of youth were there. So why? Because now all of a sudden they're in AEW instead of ROH. All of a sudden they're different superstars. The fuck you smoking? Yeah, it's a, support again. the companies that are already established. You can watch them next week. What? Again? Oh no, no! Hey, we're gonna wait ten months for AEW <laughs> instead because Cody's involved with it. I got, I got. No, no, no! I got to see the. You know, yeah, but you know, you could watch it right now next week on Impact. No, no, no! I wait eleven months to see Buck versus Cody. You know, the, the fuck? Get behind the companies that are in business already. Jesus. That's what, you know, even in the club business, people say, like, when a new club opens up, there's a new club in Brooklyn. That's the, the place my uh, boss says everybody likes something new until they don't. You know, it's like it's new. It's why they like it. It's new. Yeah, I wish but I had it, more but, money. But, yeah. I wish I, I, wish uh, I had more money. I would fucking go. I would go under an alias name right now. Go on LegalZoom. Buy, <laughs> buy it. I buy it. I'd have them set up a corporation oh, for wrestling. I would set up a corporation called All Bucks Wrestling. And, oh, and I'm serious. And then I would go and spend the $500, $700 to buy the trademark for All Bucks Wrestling. And I would use a fictitious name. I put them under Don Cornelius. That used to be my fake post name whenever I fake posted. Don Cornelius. But um, And then I want some random website out there to be like, did you hear about this company? They just bought, set up a corporation. They bought a trademark. It's called All Bucks Wrestling. Don Cornelius bought it. And all of a sudden, these fucking websites, holy shit, can you, we, can you imagine Nakamura versus 
AJ Styles in All Bucks Wrestling. Oh, my uh, fucking God. Jim Ross is going to be the announcer for, for Don Cornelius. Rumor has it, authors of pain are already in the battle royal for the tag team titles. Oh, it's my like, God. Uh, they're not. It's uh, Again, a lot of fantasy booking going on. I just guess I never got into that. Yeah. The guy's name that's uh, bought the trademarks, his name is Tony Khan. Nice. You know, I whenever I hear Khan, I think of um, William Shatner. Khan! I was thinking of Con Edison if it was C O N. No, K-A- it's K H A N. Yeah, okay. like the Wrath of Con. Gotcha. Uh, shout out to some of our associate producers Billy Taylor, Nico Time, Hassan Al Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Out Nihia, Douglas McKay, Murrow Coombs Jr., Russell Zavala, Donald J. Trump, Crestman James Deal, CJ Uihara, Scott Woodford, Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mandingo Chamberlain. Lucia Dalban, Bob O'Mac, Tim Everhart, Jeffrey Collins, Mark Israel, James Gruesome, and Anthony Smith. Thank you, as always. They are the reason, along with our other patrons, why these shows are still free for everyone. They yes. are um, our associate producers, and they definitely um, reflect a lot of the discussions that you hear. They really do give mm-hmm. us a lot of input as far as you know what, what we should focus on, what we should stay away from, not... You know, having dirty laundry, you know, taking a chill pill, everybody getting along, nothing but love. And it right. and it works. It works. Positivity. That's the oh. number one thing about our Patreon page. Positivity. Yeah, Everything is positive yeah, there. Definitely. It's fucking awesome, man. It really is, man. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager. Yes. They announced he's going to be making his MMA debut January 26th for Bellator. Yes, I read about that. It's going to take place at the Forum in Inglewood, California. He's going to face J.W. Kaiser, who is currently 0-1 in MMA. Oh, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, whatever you want to call him. He's a big dude. What, 6'6", uh, 280, 290. Uh, he's got a legitimate collegiate background, decorated guy, knows how to fight, knows how to mat wrestle. Should be interesting. He's still young enough, his early thirties. Um, he could he could maybe have a career at this. I don't yeah. know if he's gonna be uh, I don't know if he's gonna be Brock Lesnar, but uh, he's got credentials. He's he's got far more credentials than Sam Punk had. Mm-hmm. So I think, and he's got the size, and he he's got a big jaw too. He's probably gonna be hard to knock out. He's got a big face, big jaw, big bone structure. I'm gonna be interested to see that. I want to watch that actually. Yeah, I'm just curious about his agility. You know, like yeah, it, I'm not sure about that. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I'm you know, sad. he yeah. he. W- I have a feeling he's going to have to really drop some pounds and get a lot more. Uh, I don't want to say cardio because he looks like he's in excellent shape, but he just looks like. And forgive me for saying this, you know, especially if this God forbid this ever went back to him. He he's like <laughs> he's like a muscular tree stump. Like he just looks like if you put a hold on him, that's it. It's like he's in glue. Like, he's, like a, he's, he's, he's legit though. I mean, what is his collegiate background? His, you know, his athletic background. Um, again, he's a, he's a real big guy and, um, I think he could maybe do well at this depending right on his yeah. condition. I assume. I mean, I, I hope he brings the, we, the people thing into the cage. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I wish him well. There's no, yeah. re- there is not one reason why anybody out there should wish him ill will or shit on him for doing not this. Not, not at all. Well, no. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, we talked about it last week. He was in ICU for Thanksgiving. He actually, yeah, his daughter's never posted an update, so he did. Um, he had tightness in his chest. It pretty much is what we thought, but we, what we didn't know was that, you know, and, and when I heard this, I immediately thought of Road Warrior Hawk. 
mm-hmm. he was uh, moving some boxes for his daughter, yeah. and he was talking about how how he couldn't believe how out of shape he felt that he couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs. Started having trouble breathing, started having some chest pains, and I believe his wife said, you know, I don't give a shit, you're going to the hospital. And it ended up that uh, his heart had gone into AFib. Yeah, he probably, uh, had he continued moving boxes or maybe even f- fell asleep or something, he might not have woke up. I mean, it's a good thing he went to die. He's 60, Joe's oxygen was only 64 years old, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, of course, he's had previous bouts with kidney cancer. He's been ill before, serious illnesses. Um, but, yeah, Road Warrior Hawk, you're right, you're correct. He, he died of a similar manner. Yeah. Uh, he wound up, uh, you know, lying down and stuff and never got up, but... Uh, yeah, if th- that kind of thing. It's a good thing that they uh, they took him to the hospital and everything. And uh, thank God he's okay. And TMZ covered it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, thank God for that. Um, Rick Flair was on Steve Austin's podcast. He, um, you know, he got into detail about his original hospitalization. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. All I'm going to say, and uh, and look, I, I'm, I apologize for really sounding like a little bit of a conceited asshole, but... Yeah, you know, when we when he first got put in the hospital, I invite anyone out there you could go on YouTube and listen to what we discussed. And pretty much everything that he is revealing now is what we discussed. And sadly, the reason why we got it right is because I had just gone through it with my mom. Right. You know, everything that my mom went through, you know, inducing a coma, you know, just everything about it. It, it happened to him. It's just that, you know, he was in much worse shape than my mom. And my mom was clin- clinically, uh, pronounced clinically dead three different times. Wow. You know, technically two, but, um, you know, you read what he said about, you know, when he had to go in, it's it sucks. And he's still battling with alcoholism, and that's never going to change. I mean, that's an addiction. That it's it's a, it's an illness. Yeah, you know. But um, you know, we hope to God that he's still around with us for a very long time. Of course, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about um, what R- Wendy Richter said this week? I don't know if you saw uh, this. I did. I actually saw. Uh, and I like Sean Mooney's uh, podcast, by the way. Yeah, he's one of the few that I actually enjoy he interviewed wendy richter we knew already that went that moolah got a cut of wendy richter's pay um i had recently talked about it i think it was like two weeks ago in this week in history that uh right. the original screw job happened when uh she lost the belt to the spider lady who was moolah right and you know some people say how did she not know it was hard on the match she yeah. didn't so they were in the uh, ring at the end of the match. Right, until they were in the ring. I mean, once yeah. they were in the ring, even people at ringside would chant Moolah's name. She knew Yeah, no, Moolah. no, yeah. She knows she didn't know who she was facing until she got in the ring, is yeah. what I'm saying. It's not that like she couldn't figure out. But I have the caption of what she said, just the uh quote about Moolah if you want me to read yeah, it. Yeah, you can read absolutely. Yeah, Wendy Record was with, like I said, Sean Moody, who's old, uh, late 80s, early 90s WWE guy. Uh, like I say, he's a nice guy. He's got a good podcast, uh, you know, gets a lot of people on from back in the day because he had a good rapport with them back in the locker room days. And uh, on the cop, the subject of Fabulous Moolah, Wendy Richter said, and I quote, my relationship with Moolah was never good. She never helped me get to the main event. She used me kind of like Elvis Presley's manager. 
She got 25% of my pay, and there were times I didn't even know what I got paid. She would cut me a check, so I had to stop that. Once I started wrestling, the promoters were asking for me, and she didn't promote me. There were times they tried to get me, and she told them I was booked when I wasn't. I think she was a very hateful person. I've never been around anybody who was as hateful or so uh, spoke so coarsely. I mean, she was worse than a sailor. I never heard anyone cuss and her, and her cuss combinations, the way she talked about people, I've never been around that, and I wasn't around it very long because that's the opposite of what I want to surround myself with. I'm a positive, look forward to things type person. I try to speak my, I try to speak kind of people or, or don't say anything, but she hurt me anytime she could, and I realized that early on. She was an evil person, and I didn't want to be around her. They, the WWE, contacted me a long time ago after that screw job and wanted me to do a battle royal, and I said, is Moolah going to be in it? I wanted to get back at her. She was already dead and gone to hell, so I never got a chance to wrestle her again. Wow. Um, You know what? I have been a fan of Wendy Richter my whole life. I mean, yeah, I, like, be, I, I liked her. I got to see her live. Uh, I don't know if you ever got to see her back in the day. I got to see her wrestle at the Garden a few times. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't remember any individual card where she wrestled, so I'd be lying if I said I remembered. But, yeah, I did. you know, she was attractive. I thought she was good. Um, you know, her doing the stuff with Cindy Lauper was great. Yeah. As a kid, being a wrestling fan, that was great. Um, you know, my honest take on this you know, I look at Scott Boris, Jeff Austin, Jorge Mendez, uh, Brody Van Wagenen, I think his name is. Mm. You know, they're all sports agents. They get tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, yes, can't compare Scott Boris being an MLB agent for the baseball players to Moolah. Right. But, you know, I think back to when we were wrestling fans in 85, um, women were not going to main event. Um, when she says that, you know, she never tried to get her in a main event, um, it's because th there was no main event as far as women go. And they, not weren't only, that kind of, they weren't that kind of draw. No, and, and this is, the, and again, I am a fan of Wendy Richter. I root for her. I like her. I have nothing against her. But I'll tell you why she's wrong on this. She's got 2018 mentality uh, and trying to use that in 1985. All right, you go back to 85 when she got screwed. All right, who was she going to wrestle in the main event if that was going to happen with anybody? She would have probably wrestled Moolah. Yeah. There was no other woman on the roster that was over in any way, shape, or form other than Moolah. And Moolah was already uh, uh, in, what, in her 60s? Yeah, she so, was near 60. There was no... She, Wendy would wrestle Elani Kai or, or uh, Joyce Grable. I mean, uh, um, well, the other Grable, Joyce's daughter. Uh, she would wrestle, uh, you know, Princess some, Jasmine yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 just like some journeyman girls and stuff. With, with you know, there was really nobody outside of uh, Moolah that she could really work with. There was people like Misty Blue Sims and stuff in the NWA, but they, again, there was so few women. Sherry Martel was managing and wrestling. Uh, there wasn't a really a lot of choices. Moolah would have been her opponent, but I guess that is a conflict that Moolah's getting paid twice. Her pay, her purse, and 25% oh. of Wendy Rector's. Uh, I, don't, I don't care about that. I mean, if, if, uh, you, know, if you make money, you make money. But the thing is this. Yeah. Again, this is where I wish Sean Mooney would have sent a rhetorical question. And he's right. not going to do it because Sean Mooney is a classy guy. And it's not being classless by asking this. But Sean Mooney doesn't really challenge his guests but i would have my first comment to her to what she said was 
Who would you have faced in a main event at that time? 60-year-old Moolah? Other than Moolah, who was in the company at that time that they could have just... There was nobody, so... No, and there was no... Before anybody says Luna or whatever, Luna was young in the business coming up. She was in Florida with Kevin Sullivan. She wasn't the Luna that I'm you talking, would know years yeah. later. No, no, but I'm talking about they couldn't farm anybody else in. There right. wasn't anybody over her. Right. You're there right. Was you, you know, there, was, there was nobody. There was nobody. Yeah, and, and not only that, she got, what, $1,000 for an appearance or $800, whatever it is. Something like and, that, yeah. Getting... Tw- Moolah, there's a reason why Moolah was getting 25%. Because Moolah got her in there. And Moolah got her jobs. All right? Moolah did not focus her life around Richter getting bigger jobs. And yes, there were times I think it's wrong that she didn't even know like her original check because Moolah would get it. Right. But at the same time, though, do you really think that... Vince Sr. or Vince, well, Vince Jr. was was the one at the time. You think Vince McMahon is going to turn around and on the side, you know, tell Moolah, look, you know, I'm giving you this money, but you tell her that she only got paid 700 So I just, I don't think uh-huh. it was that shady. You know what I mean? So, you know, if Moolah took 25% of the pay, oh, Oh, fucking well. You know what I mean? Would you have gotten some of the opportunities if Moolah was... Look, Moolah obviously did something so for her to have to pay 25%. Um, it wasn't a mafia thing. Like, you know, as long as you're on the WWF roster, I get 25%, even though I'm not doing shit for you. Right. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, look, she got screwed. She lost some of her money. She didn't get pushed to the main event. But again, you know... Wendy Richter, we were fans at that time, and we were not six years old. We were older. Um, I don't recall anybody at that time that you could have main evented. There's nobody. Um, to say that that she never helped you main event, well, you know what? Mueller was right in doing that because there was nobody for you to, to groom, to put you in a main event with. You know, just because you didn't get a main event push doesn't mean that you should have got a main event push. Right. So, she was she was a good compliment on a card, but to turn around and use this 2018 mentality mentality because we think Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch could possibly main event a WrestleMania, so that means that I should have gotten a main event push in '85. No, that doesn't work that way. I think I think Wendy Richter is wrong on a lot of occasions here. No, yeah, and I I think Wendy Richter unfortunately was in the business at a time where she couldn't. She could. There was a glass ceiling. Let's put it to you that way. She couldn't excel beyond where she could. You know, beyond a, a certain window that she had of opportunity. I don't know. Even if Moolah, they didn't pull the Spider Woman thing with her. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they would have. She would have been there much longer. And if anybody even wants to even know where did Wendy Richter go, if there was nowhere for her to go, she actually did go to the AWA after that and worked for Vern Gagne for a while. Uh, Vern had a couple of girls up there, local yokels. And actually, Medusa was uh, up and coming about a year or two later, but still not a name in the business, young. Like, there was nobody. Wendy Richter just came at a good time and a bad time. Would you say that, DT, yeah. for women? I'll yeah. tell you why I was laughing. I wasn't laughing at you. I'll tell you why mm-hmm. in a minute. But, yeah, I got a good one for you. Um, how come she didn't rip AWA for not, uh, you know, giving her the opportunity to main event? Yeah, that's true. I mean, she and she wrestled, you know, and the AWA was not doing too well then. Yeah, I you mean. Know, they, they were coasting for the next four years. And she had opponents that she could have wrestled with. So to turn around and put it all on Moolah, I think it's wrong. All right. Yeah. If you feel, if that, you, feel yeah. you got ripped off a little bit because she took some of your money, 
and you feel that you didn't get some opportunities, all right, it sucks. But turn around and say that she's evil in hell. It's, uh, I think that's a little bit over the top. And, and the final one that we should make an asterisk here, DT, about that Wendy Ritker actually has a very good life and is doing well. She's not some down and out person. No. She's, uh, she's bitter to be bitter. She is not bitter because she doesn't. She actually, college graduate, lived well. Married, uh, family, uh, a, a farm, from what I understand, a lot of animals and stuff. She's got a big house. She's doing fine. She's not uh, destitute or bitter about that. She just, I think, feels seeing the women's evolution. She maybe doesn't get some of the credit and, and maybe missed some big paydays uh, back in the day. She probably did. You know, but but what? But again, DT, what could they have really? What payday did she miss? You know what I mean? Like, maybe uh, yeah, she got the Cindy Lauper thing, which was huge. And DT, like I said, I got to see her at the garden, and Cindy Lauper accompanied her one time. Right, for but a who's she gonna face? Six-year-old Mula? No, she fought that night. I saw her. She fought me and Draper were there. She fought uh, Leilani Kai. That Do you night. think Leilani Kai would have sold any tickets at all? No, and Leilani Kai, actually, I feel bad for her. I saw her shoot interview, and it was quite the opposite. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She didn't, she didn't make a fortune at all in that business. She, yeah. didn't, do, she didn't make that big bucks at all. Yeah, nobody, I mean, I am not. I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but wrestling fans didn't give a fuck about Leilani Kai. No, no, unfortunately, like I said, Wendy Rickley came along at a good time and a bad time. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you why I was laughing. Um, mm. I laughed at this because before... Uh, WWE took away Moolah's name from that um, the the Moolah Battle Royal, whatever it was. Yeah, and WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody in the chat who started mentioning this name, you wouldn't have fucking knew about this person at all, because once that controversy with Moolah came out and it was Snickers or whatever it was that you know was av- it was Snickers. It yeah, was. I mean, if it wasn't for that. You know, the, you would have never saw this person come out of the woodwork and do interviews. So the people out there, bless your souls for being cute with it. But to try to have the the gall to throw out Mad Maxine as a possibility of being a main event, you know nothing about the fucking 80s with wrestling. You know, you don't have a goddamn clue. Look up Mad Maxine and look up how many matches she actually had. And actually, the only reason why you even know that name is because she came out and did an interview and bashed Mulo, whatever it was. And, you know, the social justice warriors, you know, created a career that she never had. Don't fucking say Mad Maxine because she had, what, two matches in a career? Three matches? For no, the- she, had, she had a bunch more. I actually saw her in Florida. No, I'm talking about uh, WWF. Oh, yeah. She was in Florida, though. After that, she went to Florida. Uh, where Eddie Graham gave her a job, and she was on TV for a bunch of uh, tapings for Florida. Two matches. Yeah, she was in, um, but uh, she didn't work out. She's still, I mean, she did an interview not that long ago, Bashing Moolah. Yeah. Yeah. Bless your hearts for bringing out that name, everyone, but you revealed, you know, nothing about women's wrestling. And the 80s. Uh, let's see. And I say that with love. I'm, I don't, don't take it personal, anyone, but. Mad Maxine, and by the way, they were, um, the reason they were doing that because of the popularity of the Road Warriors and the movie, uh, Thunderdome was out then and they were trying yeah, to do. Yeah, Mad Max. Post, yeah, post-apocalyptic, the missing link, uh, Tijo Khan. There was like a bunch of the Barbarian. There was a bunch of wrestlers doing the post-apocalyptic thing yeah. was big in the mid eighties. Yeah. Well, you know, Edgar in the chat, we would never brought up about people that Bula managed that could have been main eventers. We just said who would have been an opponent for Wendy Richter in 85 and the answer outside of Mula as far as drawing money goes or having any name value on a card there was nobody oh there was Ju- that Judy Martin was the other girl okay and, yes uh, Judy yeah. Martin Judy Martin yeah okay um 
you know, there's some controversy going around right now that um, Evolve uh, has some problems with um, Impact Wrestling. LAX was supposed to wrestle for Evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, Impact Wrestling pulled LAX. We have no comments from Impact Wrestling, but, you know, the word going around is the reason why Impact Wrestling pulled LAX is because they feel that Evolve is a feeder for WWE. And honestly, I don't blame Impact Wrestling for feeling that way because there's been a lot of talk of Evolve having a a positive relationship with WWE would probably be the right way to put it. Well, clearly they do, DT. Velveteen Dream went down there for them about a couple of months ago, and they got Matt Riddle and Keith Lee from Evolve. So isn't that kind of almost a fact? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, now they're saying like Evolve is not going to do any business with Impact Wrestling anymore. Wow. Yeah, you know, I look at it like this. You know what? You know, I blame it both on Evolve and Impact Wrestling because, you know, the people, are, some people actually, I give them credit for doing a little bit of extra work on it and bringing up that, you know, if LAX would have been on that card, maybe it would have been on streaming media and, you know, the, the Street Profits. You know, might be going WWE bound and, you know, they don't want street pro. It's just like this. Both sides should have talked about all of this before they even worked out some type of arrangement to have LAX being in at an Evolve event. Evolve to turn around and say they're not going to do business with Impact Wrestling anymore. For me, all it does is it hurts your fans that want to see some matches with some people that are wrestling for Impact Wrestling. Right. So. Everyone out there, check out the Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, Sneaker Addict with DJ Dells. Um, I, I, who did he just have on? Um, the Blonde Chick oh, in Impact oh, Wrestling. Fuck, oh, the Smoke Show, Scarlett Bardo. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I love Scarlett Bardo. Yeah. Awesome. She's awesome. And they had a nice little interaction there. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, I mean, Dells was saying she's like Sunny meets Sable, like a new modern-day Sunny Sable type yeah. of characters. She's awesome. SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling comic book and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse. Really, really cool podcast on YouTube. Search them under the name Undercover Capes. Wrestling figure reviews, collectibles. They did my bobblehead. There's some really, really interesting shit there. And I loved it. I loved it. I recently shit on the review they did with the that fucking mutant ninja turtle, Donatello, whatever his name is. Yeah, you hate the ninja turtle. I hate the ninja turtle. So what did they do? <laughs> they did a video clip of yours truly with Donatello. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, in the 59th Street uh, the subway setup, too. They nice. actually did a video clip of my bobblehead and Donatello's. That's and I was awesome. like, you know, my, my hand is set up that you could put like a baseball bat, like a little toy baseball bat in my hand right. and a bobblehead. Yeah. They should have done something where I bashed fucking the, 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 the turtle over the head with a baseball bat. Wow. Seriously, I fucking hate them. If I, Seriously, I almost hate the Ninja Turtles as much as I hate Jersey Shaw. Jeez, that's a I lot remember, of hate. I remember going to the feast with my ex-girlfriend and I 18th, wa- 18th Avenue feast no 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 101st oh. Avenue oh 101st. when Gotti used to do it and I remember yeah. winning some type of thing no it wasn't Gotti this was years after this was what feast was this um San Gennaro oh, you talking about no I don't think it was San Gennaro because I'm always always um there's a Queens Queens feast it was Queens feast I don't remember where it was San Gennaro I'm always haunted by because I don't know if I ever told you the story I went to San Gennaro only once and I mm. went with my ex-girlfriend 
And I don't know if you remember with the San Gennaro Feast. I think some of you out there will remember this. Well, I went there in the 80s. I went there in like 86 or 87. They probably had it at that time too. They had this asshole that dressed up as a clown. Okay. And he would be in one of these water tanks. And you would walk by and he not only would make fun of you, but he had a microphone. And he would. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, would make. Yeah. Oh. He would make fun of you, and he would you, clown you literally. He would clown. Yeah, and, <laughs> and to the point where you took your money and bought balls, and you wanted to dunk this motherfucker in the tank. I remember that. Oh my god, man. I Jeez. I went to San Gennaro, and I remember buying Zeppelins with my ex girlfriend. And you know, I wasn't extremely overweight, but I would say I was probably around like 300 pounds at the time. And I'm walking past him and I hear on a microphone, you know, why don't you buy another dozen Zeppelins, you fat fuck? And I, oh I didn't realize he was talking to me. He actually oh said God. fat fuck. And I just really? kept walking. All those families there, that's what he said? I swear on my, on my family. Oh, oh my God. He called man. me a fat fuck. And I just kept walking because I didn't even think he was talking about me. But then he made fun of my shirt. And I, I realized it was me. I turned around. He's like, yeah, I'm talking to you, fat bastard. Why don't you do something about it? And he was trying to get me to get so angry that I would give the guy five bucks and get like five right. balls and try to knock him in the tank. I just kept walking. And, you know, like I didn't say a word. My girlfriend at the time didn't say a word, but yeah. I felt like I was, I felt smaller than Joey 924. I, fe oh, I felt smaller than Alec from Shiner's Hospital. I felt like I was an ant. He made me feel so fucking small and insecure that wow. to the day that I broke, broke up with my girlfriend, I always thought in the back of my mind that, you know, she probably held in laughter because this guy made fun of me. I mean, he- That's terrible. That's, it seems like that haunts you with all these Yeah, I never later. went to San Gennaro again. Just like I never wow. went to Papagallo after, you know, I never danced again. When I told the Papagallo story, when oh that, that girl made fun of me in front of my it's friends- It's affected your life. I never danced again. I'll do a slow yeah. dance, but the minute the, t the tempo goes above 60 beats a minute, that's it. I'm off the dance floor. Jeez. Yeah, for a true story. No bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you were telling about the Queens one. Yeah. It's a, no, but uh, the, oh, so I had gone to a feast and they had this thing where you toss a ball into like a wicker basket, a little like straw wicker basket. And the wicker basket was tilted. Right. And the the thing is you toss the ball like a softball into the basket. And if it sits in, if it falls in the basket and it doesn't pop out, you win like a big prize. Mm -hmm. And I tossed the ball and there was a trick like you're supposed to like toss it underneath but give it like backspin so when it hits the wicker basket and anybody go on YouTube just look up you know uh, carnival wicker basket contest I'm sure you'll see it and right. I won and oh, she nice. chose the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle prize and I wanted oh, to rip God. its fucking head off I remember I was like come on why don't you buy Bart Simpson or something no no yeah. no I wanted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle I fucking hated them Oh, God. Seriously. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Do we have anything else to get into? I, I feel like I'm, I forgot to plug. Rock Reviews. Yes. Uh, you can look at them on YouTube. Awesome podcast reviewing rock music in a very unique way. Elman Shah, Displate Store. Very, very cool. One of our listeners actually bought, I guess, the T-shirt version of the uh, pop culture artwork that I had got from him. He's got a really good store, everyone out there. Go check it out. And um, 
I think that's it with the plugs. Is that it with the plugs? Yeah, I okay. think that's it with the plugs. I'm just looking to see if there's anything else you want to get into before we uh, start wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, well, just to let people know, because this we haven't set a date yet for our get-together thing with Mission Joe and Draper and stuff for that weekend. Those changes made to WrestleMania 35 weekend scheduling. Yeah. As of December 2nd, they posted WWE made some changes to the scheduling events for WrestleMania 35 weekend. NXT TakeOver is now being moved from Saturday night to Friday night, which means the Hall of Fame will return to the night before WrestleMania. So Hall of Fame is now Ooh. Saturday night, TakeOver now Friday night. Some people are saying... I, I'm not even going to go there. But he's afraid of the New Japan. That has nothing to do with that. I think it's more convenience than anything else. I don't think WWE's afraid of anybody. No. Um, but it's also, uh, boy, wrestling fans are going to be spending a lot of money that weekend. Uh, you know, get your get your checkbooks out if you want to go to all these different things. Uh, but, yeah, they made the changes as of December 2nd. They post, WWE posted and announced it. Uh, you know, both events are being held in Brooklyn. Um, so the change, obviously TakeOver will not be competing with New Japan uh, Ring of Honor Supercard at Madison Square Garden, but the Hall of Fame will be that night uh, up against the uh, Supercard. So, you know, there's enough wrestling fans to go around, do what you got to do, go where you got to go. Yeah, and you just know. to, you know, just to put an exclamation point on what Kev just said, you need to, you need to also remember that, you know, WWE doesn't own the venue where they hold these wrestling events at. Yep. So it's not like the venue has all these open dates and, and you know, they just call them up. Hey, you know, do us a favor. Uh, you know, make it Friday instead of Saturday. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll throw out the fucking circus that night or the, you know, no, it doesn't work that way. No. You don't just fucking change. There, there was definitely, you know, much more than that, and it's not because of the wrestling event. No, like I said, it's uh, these things happen. All I see concerts get rescheduled or shuffled around. So I mean, I don't. It's no big diabolical plan, and nothing with New Japan didn't have anything to do with it. It's you know, and not for nothing. I personally like it better that way. I think the Hall of Fame should be the night before. Yeah, um, Ring of Honor has signed to signed some people recently to some deals. Silas Young, uh, Pierre Carluet. I couldn't believe that. By the way, I saw his documentary. I was. I, well, uh, he seems like a nice guy. I, I'm just not a fan, but he seems like a nice guy. I, I like him personally, but I was never a fan of his. And boy, what a journey that guy had. He had a mini documentary that's on YouTube you can watch uh, because uh, he's going by the name now PCO. PCO. That's what, that's what they're calling him now. And he, uh, listen, everyone's, I saw him when I had his shirt on. He looks kind of like a little bit of a flabby older man. Uh, he's got a decent physique, but he's no Vince McMahon. He's not dieseled out like Triple H. He looks he looks okay, but I, sorry, he looks 50 to me. I'm 50. He looks 50. I don't see this young spry man. He does moonsaults, Kev. Yeah, I know, and so do a lot of people. He's okay. He's not exactly over-the-top personality. I give him credit for for going through, and I, he's even talked about that he had, you know, he's wrestling. He's got he's got to do this, prove something to himself. I, I can admire that, especially as a guy. I am his age exactly, so in that way, I admire it. Uh, but I don't think he's any. This is going to be some breakout thing. I it's as long as his body. He's got a lot of injuries. As long as his body will hold up, uh, he seems like a nice man. I never was really into John Pierre Lafitte or his character. I wasn't a Mounties fan. Amazing French Canadians. Guys, quite honestly, when he was on, he usually changed the channel. So back in the, I'm just being honest, DT. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan. I liked, I like, uh, I liked uh, the Mountie. I like, uh, I like Jacques Rougeau. I, yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Carl Ouellette. He's talented, but I don't see this phenomenon. I don't see it. 
Yeah, Jesus for Christ people Christ. asking, the uh, name of the documentary, I think it's called Burn the Ships. You burn the ships, yeah, and I guess it's maybe a reference to the Pierre Lafitte thing. And if anybody knows, the most famous thing, he stole Bret Hart's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I. you look at him now, you would never think he was Quebec or, or an amazing no, French-Canadian. Yeah, it looks yeah. different. Yeah, it looks different. I, I'll say this, all right? I have no problem whatsoever with him working Ring of Honor. And the reason why I don't have a problem with it is because I was a diehard ECW fan back in the day. Terry Funk is my all-time favorite. I mean, right. it's always been. It's a, my then you remember I did the hotline in '97. My nickname was Funker, the Funker. Oh, I, I remember that. I actually sometimes like it's, it's like unbelievable how long ago that was. But yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was a Funker, and I was Kevin from Sheep's Eye Bay. Yeah, and um, <laughs> Terry Funk was 53 when he won the ECW title. Right. So if I'm, he has Sonic brings up the point. Yeah, I was such a diehard fan. I actually owned ECW at some point. Yeah, I look. I wanted That's to true. do everything I could for it. It gave me so much pleasure and entertainment in my life, and I'll never forget some of the surprises I got when I was in a wheelchair from my car accident. You know, right. getting the phone call from New Jack, getting autographed stuff in the mail. I still have the the letter that Terry Funk wrote me. That's three pages long when I got engaged and my girlfriend, well, my fiance at the time wrote a letter to him telling him that was a, his favorite of all time. I actually did the photo. You've seen it on my personal Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, I, see. I went to Philadelphia when our video had both him and Mick Foley doing an autograph sign when they were the WWF tag champs at the time. And not only did I get to eat lunch with him after, but when I came home, not only did I actually talk to him on our shoot interview, you could actually hear me bring it up, you know, when he had the NW, the fake NWA title in the 70s, but I almost got arrested that day because I got into a fight with somebody who had road rage. Right. So that day is a, a pleasant memory, but if I'm going to be happy with Terry Funk being the ECW champion at 53, you know, I should have no problem with Pierre Carlouette being you know, Ring of Honor wrestler at age 50. It's know? not an age thing, DT. Terry Funk was a superstar for years sure. and was a, was a draw and an attraction. I just, I don't know if Carl Lewitt will be. He is in his, his Montreal, but here in the States, eh, you know, but again, uh, I'm not going to compare it to the David Arquette thing, and there was something with Jim Cornette with David Arquette if you want to talk about. Um, but I just, again, I like him as a man. He seems like a nice man, and I admire what he's doing. But as a wrestling fan, um I'm indifferent about it, to be honest. Yeah, with you. I'm not saying I'm gonna go out of my way to yeah, watch Terry it. Funk, yeah, Terry Funk was the man. I mean, it's different. Yeah, Terry Funk was a superstar. Yeah. You know, diff different levels, different levels. Yeah, I don't, I don't compare the two as far as career. I just as, as age. Like, if I have a no yeah, problem I, I, with, I'm, I'm that age. I should be supportive of someone my age, and I and I am. But I'm just saying, with this, so many younger guys, and he's taking a lot of risks, and you know, and, and like I said, it's it depends on who's in the ring with too. Yeah. You know, you you put him in there with Ricochet. Come on, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's not gonna go well. Mm -hmm. Um, you could bring up the Jim Cornette stuff. I mean, we all know by now David Arquette having that hardcore match, and you know, obviously he didn't know what he was getting into when he had the death match against Nick Gage. Um, Jim Cornette really you know, went hard and heavy on David Arquette, telling he him, did. you know, stick to being a fan and this and that. It was one goddamn match. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, David Arquette 
is a lifelong wrestling fan. You know what I mean? It's like any one of us, if we had the opportunity or fantasy to possibly fulfill it, I don't think any of us for the most part would turn it down. All right. Yeah, it didn't end up the way it should have. I think it, Jim Cornette is more upset that it was a death match than anything else. I don't think Jim Cornette is a fan of death matches. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about what Jim Cornette said about David Arquette? I just thought it was a little over the top. Yeah, it was a little over the top. I thought he was very harsh. David Arquette seems like a very nice man. I mean, he really does. Again, in reflection, I was one of those pissed off guys back in the day, disrespectful to wrestling, to the business and stuff. It was so long ago, I didn't even meet DT yet. Uh, that's how long ago that was. Um, you know, what? I, actually, I did. We think we were just about on the phone line. But uh, it was a long time ago, and... You know, Vince Russo booked it that way. That's the way it went. The company backed it. They gave him the belt. It wasn't didn't last very long. It was a gimmick. It was a publicity stunt for Ready to Rumble movie. Uh, movie sucked, bombed, didn't do good. You know, it was a, a black eye, so to speak. But nothing so horrendous. Nobody died. Uh, you know, my God. Um, and David Arquette and I. When I watched his interview, even with Sam Robertson, he was talking about how he he he's been humiliated and called out, and he's out with his daughters over the years, or out with his his wife, his ex wife, Courtney Cox, and people would say hateful, horrible things to him about a predetermined thing that he was given the bell for that he participated in to plug a movie, and he he had was like DT was haunted by what happened to him to be humiliated at the feast. David Arquette felt that way, and I felt almost bad for the guy. He was almost like in a therapy chair over this DT, and he said he wanted to prove to himself that he could do it that he had some athletic ability and that he loved wrestling he loved macho man and ultimate warrior and he was a fan he was not some fucking guy who oh this is wrestling this is what you guys do he knew the von erics and he knew who these people he watched wrestling as a kid he wasn't like so ignorant to it he was ignorant to the politics of the business didn't understand what he was getting himself into vince russo told him it was going to be oh, fine don't worry about it it's wrestling it's everyone's going to love it and it didn't happen that way and for 20 years he suffered for it Wanted to get back in at 47, not the ideal time. And uh, I watched a bunch of interviews he did, and I actually like the guy. I really do. I like the guy. Um, and and you saw him in that death match, and when he was holding his neck, I felt scared for him when I saw that clip when he was holding his neck, when I thought he got his jugular fucking severed, which wasn't, but my God, that was scary. And I'm like, dude, get out now, man. You don't have nothing left to prove. And I think a lot of people were, were nice to him, and even, you know, Taz and everything, you know, hey, you give the guy credit. Jim Cornette, not one of those guys, DT. Uh, Cornette went after him hard, very harsh, told him to go fuck himself, blah, blah, blah. David said, you know, why do you have to be an asshole? I, you know, this is really no cause for that. David was trying to be classy. Jim fired back even even harder. Then David fired back because I was looking, again, I, I thought this thing died, by the way. And as of seven hours ago, the last thing that was said here was uh, David Arquette said, I don't know wrestling politics to Jim Cornette direct uh, message, but I'm learning. What I do know is an asshole when I hear one, and you're sounding pretty gassy yourself. Mm -hmm. And Jim Cornette said, I am gassy. I've had the sour belches since I saw you playing a wrestler with a convicted felon taking a shot at you-know-who, DT, in a dive bar and nearly get your head cut off. I'd rather be a live asshole than a dead moron, he said to David Arquette. So... This continued on. throughout. I thought it was going to die down after a couple. That was the last tweet interaction between the two of them. Um, I think Jim was a little hard on David. I think David's trying, you know, and, and, and he's not making really any money at it. David's not hitting up, oh, I'm a star. I, I think he's getting scale to do some of these matches. And I, I'll be like I said, DT, I have a different opinion than I had 20 years ago. What is your take on it? I, um, 
I, I knew early on that he had given the money to charity. Yes, right, was, right, right. Exactly. He wasn't getting paid, so to speak, for benefit for himself. Exactly. Yeah, and he was, um, it was done for a movie. And I don't know. I mean, not for nothing. I always judge certain things on live crowds reactions. Right. And although, you know, not everybody in the crowd popped for it, uh, when he won the title, look at the crowd reaction. You know, yeah. for anybody out there that wasn't a fan in 2000 or 2001, all right, you're going on what the internet has said about it for 17 years, 18 years. You're going based on what wrestlers have said about it. You're going based on what the rise, um, the WWE Monday Night War uh, mm -hmm. video series said about it. You're going based on uh, a, a common um, opinion that the the overall consensus is that it was a farce, it was a joke. All right, David Arquette being the heavyweight champion, yeah, is ridiculous, and it, and it shouldn't have happened. It only lasted a couple of days. All right, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody committed suicide, you know, because he became the WCW champion for a couple of days or a week or whatever it was. Right. All right, it was done to push a movie, and the crowd at the time reacted for the surprise element of it. All right, mm -hmm. it was a fluke. I mean, you want to go on a much smaller scale. Mikey Whipwreck wins the ECW Heavyweight Championship, and here's a 180-pound guy that was always losing, and really, you just... I couldn't buy into the fact that he was all of a sudden defeating Rey Mysterio and ECW and defeating Steve Austin and defeating others. But the storyline was that, you know, anybody could can, can win at any given time, and... It, Mikey Whipwreck now, he was never a major, major star, but he's very beloved and he is a good guy. Then you look back on it and you're like, you know what? You know, yeah, it was kind of, eh, but, you know, he couldn't have had, if there was anybody that could have pulled it off, he was the one. Yeah. So, you know, like I just finished, people will hear it. I just finished doing episode 48 of This Week in Wrestling History. Right. And it's the anniversary that, um, Stan Stasiak, the man. I might as uh, yeah, Stan, Stan the man. That's all right. of a sudden, nobody's the man anymore. That's <laughs> true. You know, think about that. But Stan the man Stasiak beat Pedro for the WWF title. He was right. the champion for a couple of days. He lost it to uh, to Bruno within yep. a week. And I wanted to do a little research. First of all, I wanted to find footage. There is none. But I, I was doing a little research. And I've seen this over the years, but I never really paid much attention to it. And I invite anybody out there, you can look it up. It'll blow you away. The number of articles, podcasts, blogs, world culture, top tens that put Stan Stasiak winning the WWF title as one of the worst title wins in wrestling history. Always yeah. top three. Mm -hmm. And it'll, it'll shock you how many places have said this? And, you know, I read a book, you know, just the, the chapter, and they also saw some interview recaps of, you know, how Stan Stasiak found out he was winning, people saying he's one of the nicest people that you ever met in wrestling, and this is and that. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. He was a transitional champ. Pedro had a rabid following in the early 70s. Oh, God, yeah. They didn't even announce that Stan Cezic won the title that night because they were afraid there was going to be a riot. That's true. That's true story, yeah. They did not want the fans to have to choose between Bruno and Pedro in a match. So they needed a heel to win it for a couple of days so they could take it off Pedro and put it on Bruno. 
He was a tweener. He was a transitional champion. He was a tweener. Yeah, he was a tweener, yeah. Being a tweener does not make you all of a sudden the worst championship reign in all, of all time. Because I, in the same week of that history, Undertaker won his first ever WWF championship this week back in 1991. Survivor Series. Oh, Texas. Uh, after Survivor Series. No, right? well, he won it at Survivor Series, and, and he lost it at Tuesday in Texas. Tuesday in Texas. That's right. So he had the belt five days? Four or five days. Yeah. Why isn't that one of the worst reigns of all time? Yeah. And not for nothing, Mark Calloway was not ready to be champion then. Yeah. So so the, the point is, is that to turn around and they even put Backlund losing it to Diesel in 10 seconds, one of the worst reigns of all time. They didn't mm-hmm. want to have Diesel beat Brett for it. So they had Brett lose it to Backlund at Survivor Series and Diesel won it a couple, a couple of nights later, two nights later. So DT, you're saying it was a calculated rhyme and reason for it. Yeah. You don't use yeah. transitional champions that have the belt for a week or less and call that one of the worst title reigns of all time. It's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. It's a transitional yeah. change, and it's it's not what you have to classify as a failed title run is someone who has the belt and can't carry it. All right? Backland, Stan Stasiak, David Arquette, or any others didn't mm-hmm. have the belt long enough where ratings plummeted. Ticket sales plummeted. You know, people were turned off by the product because of it. All right, maybe the booking decision was wrong and people were turned off by that, but you can't turn around and because someone had a title for a couple of days, all of a sudden it's the worst title reign in history because it wasn't around long enough to affect revenue or the business or ratings or anything like that. You know, you want to, you want to take, and I'm not going to name any examples now because it's, it's, it's a public opinion. Right, but to turn around and to call David Arquette's reign the worst—it's the worst, one of the worst decisions of all time. But I never put that blame on David Arquette because I always said too, if we were diehard wrestling fans and we got involved with a wrestling company and they came to you and say, "Look, you know, because you're involved in this movie, we want to put the belt on you for a short period of time," and you win it. You donate your money to charity, and all of a sudden you're one of the wor- you're the worst champion of all time. That's fucked up. And sorry, but uh, I now put Nick as one of the worst decisions. It's not the kid's fault, but they put WrestleMania. Nicholas, Nicholas yeah. Nicholas, he he's a tag team champion, and you, you how come nobody shits on that? Oh, it's a little kid. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, and well, yeah. yeah. Why? Because he's a little kid and because you like Braun Strowman. You know, I, I, it's it's a horrible decision by WWE. I don't blame Nicholas. I don't blame David Arquette. I don't blame Stan Stasiak. I don't blame Backlund. I don't blame any of them. This is a business decision. Right. They didn't have the belt long enough to negatively hurt revenue. So that's how I felt about David Arquette. I, You're I, crazy. I, yeah, and DT, straight up. David Arquette winning the belt had nothing to do with WCW closing. Nothing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It wasn't. It had nothing. You're right. He didn't have it to affect. He had it for a goddamn week. If you're going to make a book as far as what led to WCW going out of business, you know, like, you know, look, you have a successful restaurant or a business or anything like that, mm-hmm. and it goes out of business and it gradually dies and it fails. You could come up with a hundred 
reasons, not any one reason caused it to go out of business, but you put them all together and that's right. what did it. David Arquette would be one of many bad business decisions by WCW. But at the time, it was a movie, fans popped, and I really, you know, I, I, I didn't like it, but, you know, a week later, he didn't have the belt anymore. So that's it. And just to be factual, any money that David Arquette made during his entire WCW tenure, if you want to call it, or any appearances he did, the salary went to the families of Owen Hart and Brian Pillman. Yeah. So how can you uh, shit on, on that? Like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, again, I, I think out of everything that I have said this year, probably one of the most important is what I've been focusing on the last couple of weeks. There are a lot of people out there that need things to shit on you know it might make yeah. their own problems not seem as bad you know you remember in the hotline scene people oh, yeah. thought that the wars that i had with other hotlines were more entertaining than the wrestling storylines they saw on tv yeah, they fucking true. loved when i fought with captain ivan and dominic valente and others mm -hmm. you know they just entertained when they see other people fight it happens on social media it happens everywhere when we talk about websites and podcasts, and the, and the reason why I focus on them is because I try not to criticize fans. Because fans, you know, sometimes don't know, you know, you're just a fan. You're not looking at the opposite side of it. But websites and podcasts, you're supposed to actually have a little bit of knowledge of, you know, business behind the scenes, yeah. understanding how things run, you know, political. And I'm not talking about politics like government i'm talking about you know like the politics and wrestling and everything and again when i see with my own eyes earlier people are like actually you know saying that they were told that things would be different on raw today and then you realize that it's based on an advertisement for baron corbin it's like you know it's, that's ridiculous and there are a lot of podcasts and sites out there that need wwe to be shit they need chicken shit to be chicken shit because that's the only way that they get extra attention. Let me shit all over the, the raw last week. Let me spend an hour on it because there's going to be a lot of fans out there that feel the same way. And boom, I got an audience because boom, it's easier for me to just criticize everything else when I don't physically or mentally have to do anything to change it or, you know, to manipulate the product. It's easy to criticize something. It's not as easy to try to improve something. I just prefer to have the glass half full than half empty. Yeah, and just to close it out, I, I, lo I love Jim Cornette. I'm a big fan. Uh, I like his outspokenness, but I think he was a little bit out of sorts here with David Arquette. A little harsh to David. David didn't attack him. He attacked David. David just stuck up for himself. And Jim came at him even harder with abusive language and asshole and calling him a moron and go fuck yourself. I mean, uh, you know, come on, Jim. I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm just a little disappointed in Jim Cornette. But, uh, you know, he is Jim's who he, Jim is who he is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I got his side with David here. I think... Uh, David tried to handle it classy, and then David came back at him. You know, he's a man, too. He's going to call, hey, look, dude, you're being an asshole. And he was, and I think Jim's happy to be called that by uh, David. I just, again, it's it's unfortunate because, you know, there's some things that you kind of like, oh, these two guys going at it. Actually, I feel bad for, for David Arquette, you know, and, and I felt bad that if he was so abused over something that was a publicity stunt and that it really affected him. 
uh, again, I, you see it from different as you get older. Uh, you just change your mind. So I'm definitely coming from a different place than I was 20 years ago because now I know more about it. And I know more about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully this is the end of it because they were going at it uh, pretty much all day today. Yeah. Um, just to let everyone know, uh, current matches for TLC, Seth Rollins versus Ambrose for the IC title. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin is still being advertised in the TLC match. Right. Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax for the Royal Women's title. <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Asuka in a triple threat TLC match for the SmackDown Women's title. Sheamus and Cesaro versus New Day versus Usos for the SmackDown tag titles. Drew McIntyre versus Finn Balor. Bobby Lashley versus Elias. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, it's wrestling. Yep. There you go. All right, Kev. I will talk to you tomorrow. And if you're around tomorrow night, you know, you, you're welcome to be part of this chat that we're going to do on Patreon. No, I got, like I said, this. Yeah, well, if anything changes, you know, it's, it's open if anything changes. I can maybe be on the next one. We can maybe work that one out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, other than that, catch everybody on Patreon for Cast Chronicles uh, solo show Thursday. Okay. Take care, Gov. Peace out. Later. All right, everyone. Uh, For those listening live, stay tuned. Got a different uh, bonus for you tonight. Not this week in wrestling history. Although that's a great show. I mean, obviously, but we're going to mix it up a little bit. For everyone else, follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And as always, Patreon.com slash DonTony. So everyone on the download, thank you for the support as always. Uh, I will be back with Breakfast of Blasi this Wednesday, the 5th. So definitely look out for that. And uh, that's it. Everyone, take care and talk to you soon. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent, myhealthpolicy.com.